Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, place about games, friends, getting better. My name is Ben Hansen. Thank you for being here. Joined by one, Jana Garcia. Hello. And this is a heck of an episode. We're also joined by Sarah Podzorski. Hello. And we're all going to be really nice to Sarah on this episode. And we're yeah, also joined. Start that way. <laughs> we're also joined by Kelsey Lewin. Hi. Welcome. You can and... be nice to me too. Uh, yeah. You know what? What if we all for this episode were just all in agreement to be really nice to each other and to every game that we discuss on this episode? And all hands in and done forever. Uh, on this episode, we're talking about Redfall. Uh, we're talking about cassette. Why? <laughs> Hey, I think, you know what, Janet? We have an old saying around these parts called every game is interesting. And I think Redfall is a really interesting game. Uh, oh, that's not why. I, I meant the sound that you made. Oh, that's the sound of Redfall's critical reception, I think, uh, was the exact reception sound. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Cassette Beast, which is a game that's a little bit like a Pokemon. We'll be talking about that. Uh, Roots of Pacha, which is a little bit like a Stardew Valley. Everything's a little bit like something else. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3's DLC called Future Redeemed, which is a little bit like... Seeing the face of God, Kelsey, is that the best comparison? Yeah. Okay. Yep, cool. absolutely. Great. I was gonna say it's a little bit like Xenoblade Chronicles 3, but <laughs> I guess that makes more <laughs> sense. Uh we haven't, and there are at least two of you that have said, Hey, what's what's your problem? Um, we haven't talked about Bayonetta Origins yet. And so all of well, three of us have like dabbled for an hour or two in that game. And I, I also think that game's interesting. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then Kelsey is going to swing in on a vine and save the day and talk about Octopath Traveler 2 and give that game all the justice it deserves that we were not able to dish out a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then back half of the show, you know what it is, Sarah? Community questions? Yeah, it's community questions. I thought Good that call. was a trick question. I panicked a little no, bit. No, no trick questions here. Uh, so everybody, please look forward to that. No swaps. It's us for the long haul in this episode. Um, now here is a bold gamble. It's not a gamble. It's a rock-solid thing. Here's a bold idea. Um, we have literally hundreds of Xbox game codes to give away. Uh, 210 to be exact. And so we've done this every once in a while with live streams, but we're going to try it with the main MinMax show. So here's the deal for you watching or listening. If you support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash MinMax with two ends. You jump in at any tier. I'm talking $2. I'm talking $5. I'm talking 10 But realistically, I'm talking 2 or 5 If you jump in at any tier whatsoever, or if you already are a supporter and you change your tier, preferably up, but I guess it's your call. Uh, if you change your tier or if you jump in at any tier whatsoever, we will guaranteed send you a game code if you do this on this Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. So May 3rd, 4th, or 5th. And we will keep sending out those Xbox codes until we run out. So I guess the first 210 people to jump in or up their tier realistically on Patreon will send you an Xbox game code. Does that make sense, Sarah? Was that a decent pitch? Yeah, so specifically for Xbox, it's not like... It's guaranteed Xbox. Console Xbox or like PC Con Xbox Game Pass? console xbox i honestly okay. am still a little confused about the whole game pass for pc thing i've never dabbled with it but xbox console is the goal here everybody so if you want a free xbox game code bunch of indie games there's some good stuff in there too um then you can jump in support us on patreon we'd appreciate it help support independent games media and get something nice out of it but only for this wednesday thursday friday you get the idea all right here we go let's talk about a big xbox game redfall from arcane austin this is the austin studio last game they made was prey uh, then the Lyon studio over there in France, they of course released Deathloop to much acclaim. And then the bizarre saga here is the new arcane game is Redfall. This is the open world 
emphasis on four player vampire game. Um, and it's, it ain't doing well, everybody. Um, Janet and I played a bit. Yes, Janet, how much uh, time did you put into this thing? Um, frankly, just about like an hour or so. Yeah. I did uh, two player co-op. Okay, nice. Ooh, I'm very curious about that. Um, Sarah and Kelsey, have you been tracking the reception of this thing much? I remember that this game, I feel like we've been seeing it at every like Xbox streaming event yeah. for a few years, like to the point that I was, you know, confused about whether or not it was out. Um, I did see the rumblings when that review got posted at 11 oh, yeah. p.m. Right, and right. it was supposed to be 11 a.m. embargo, and it went out at 11 p.m. the night before, uh, and that kind of like kicked it off on a bad note. Um, that kind of like set it up for not great reception, but I have been enjoying. Uh, the funny pictures people have been posting online. Okay, okay, and it's just of the game being broken, or what's what's the uh, what's the thing? There was one, and it was like one of the NPCs had like double jointed knees, and then there was like a chimney that just led. There was no like, there's a chimney, and you just looked through it, and it was just shingles. Okay, like, it just like someone just placed it on a roof. So I don't know. I've been I've been enjoying the past. I've been a passive observer, and I've been enjoying it. Yeah. So right now it's uh, for the Metacritic score, it's at 63 um, for the Xbox Series X version of this thing. And so that's not as bad as I expected with how people are talking about it. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, maybe there's still some higher end defenders out there. It's definitely the type of game that I, I would love years from now to see like a wonderful video essay defending the hell out of Redfall. Uh, Jacob Geller, get on it, please. Um, because it does feel like, God, there's so much love for Arcane. There are so many hardcore Arcane fans out there. They love immersive Sims. And I just feel bad for them that it's like, God, this game just needed more time. It's bizarre that it was put out in the state that it's in. Because I was looking at reviews, and Janet, I'm curious about your journey here. But I saw reviews and really just scores. And I was like, ugh, that sucks. It sucks it didn't land. Uh, but even though... I don't really like vampires. In my mind, when I started streaming this game yesterday on Twitch, I was like, I, I feel ready to defend this game. Maybe it's just because I like Arcane's philosophy and spirit, but I'm going in with a positive attitude about this. And I was stunned pretty immediately playing on Xbox, even of like the first enemies you find, like the AI pathing is just moronic and broken. And just like there were textures all over the world that weren't popping in. It It was... I was going in with a very positive attitude and I was humbled very quickly. It's like, okay, all right, this is a lot rougher than even I expected. But Janet, what was your journey with this thing? The co-op angle smart. Yeah, I um, played on Series X and my boyfriend was playing on Series S, um, which is also when he realized, he's like, wait, like, I thought ours were like the same and mine was just smaller. I'm like, why do you think yours is, yours is cheaper? Because it's not as powerful, <laughs> right, I right. think, graphically specifically. Um, the first, first, Also, the game's really big. It's like 77 gigs on Series X. Um, but we downloaded it, you know, did everything we had to do, came back, it was done downloading. Um, I will say it's cool that you can jump into co-op immediately. Obviously, yeah. there's been a lot of discussion around the fact that progress is tied to the host of the game. Only the host of the game makes progress. So if me and Isaiah theoretically wanted to technically each roll credits, we would have to play it twice together because only I get the missions. But so there is that aspect of it. But yeah. you can start immediately, which is cool. Um, yeah, I'm surprised by how um, poor, you know, it's one thing to have just like a mid game where like the design yep. isn't very good. The gunplay is not very fun, but I was very surprised by how broken it was. Um, it's probably the worst performing game I've played in a 
in as long as I can remember, and I have like a Nintendo Switch. Like, I Wait, think really? this game runs terribly. Yeah, well, it I mean, looks, it I, looks I, bad. I, I, Scarlet and Violet wasn't that long ago. Uh, I, you know. Oh man, honestly, I would rather play Scarlet and Violet than play this because at least I it's broken would. in predictable ways. Sure. Like, and I think the thing is, like, with a game like Scarlet and Violet, at least you can hang your hat on the fact that it's a turn-based game. You know, you're adventuring, but like the adventuring's pretty mild, right? right you're climbing right, right. up things, you're flying around or swimming around or whatever. Um, here, because it's gunplay, like, and that's that's why I think it was such a red flag for people when they did announce that it would be only 30 FPS despite being like a next gen game. Because while I think sometimes people take frame rate a little too extreme in a game like this, frame rate really does have more of an impact because it is an action movement game, theoretically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like it's it, it definitely feels like and I think the way it introduces you where you sort of wake up and you know, there's like this vampire here and you're like stuck in this you know town and you're trying to get out and there's like this giant waterfall wall, which okay, is whoa. kind of cool. Well, we should we should stop on that. That is like one of those things like being in the ready to defend this camp uh, game camp, like walking out of that boat in the starting area. And it's just like this huge tidal wave, weird gravity distorted thing that's kind of frozen in time and you can like shoot it and it ripples like God, that is that is cool imagery. I am already in just on the imagery of this and then it's just kind of downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think that's a good example of where, like, you can see there's some intrigue and elements of the art direction, but even that graphically, it doesn't look very good, no. you know? Um, which, again, you can let things slide here and there for a game, but it becomes, like, what's there good to say? I gotta dig really deep, right? I yeah. can say that the co being able to start co-op immediately is cool. Um, the ideas behind, like, the character design are intriguing. Like, I like Layla's design and the ability she has. Like, I only have one unlock so far because I'm very early, but there's, like, this umbrella shield, and then you, like, let it go and it launches out, and she can, like, summon an ex-boyfriend vampire down the line. Like, that's amusing. That's cool. But, yeah. like, it doesn't feel good to shoot. It doesn't feel good to move. Um, the pickups are awkward. Some things you can walk over, some things you can't. I feel like I have to be standing on top of an item to pick it up. Every aspect of this was negative to some degree. And I think entering the world where it's kind of this, you know, pretty traditional, I think, game setup of, you know, I'm in this place. It's kind of foreign to me, but maybe it's so somewhat familiar. It definitely was giving like those first jumps you take. I was, I, you know, I turned to Isaiah and I'm like, it's giving we have Deathloop at home, which I know it's different teams, but it felt like that. Like, it's like, oh, it's barren and mysterious, but it's not yeah. interesting and it's not good. It feels so generic but also really badly made like it it honestly made me realize i'm like oh back for blood is way better of a game than i gave it credit for because this or rather like i think this one's just weaker but I, it was so much lower than that i went in hoping okay maybe this will be like back for blood energy yep, where yep. i'm not that interested but it's all right like it's something to do whatever but frankly like i am still going to stream it for friday and like you know play a little bit more just for my audience's sake just to look at it a bit more but after that i'm probably just going to delete this because it's just it's just not a good experience like yeah. in any way yeah it's I really jumped, rough i jumped around to a couple streams last night like you know easy allies was playing four-player co-op i'm like maybe this maybe this is and i watched for like half an hour and <laughs> like there was just zero engagement on anybody's face at any moment for anything happening in the game just kind of like okay it's a co-op shooter that doesn't really feel well and nothing is compelling you know they try in the beginning of the game to be like Winky winky, it's an arcane game. Like a lot of pop-ups that are like, play your way, discover your way. You can go this way, you oh, can go this, this type about of thing. that too. And you know, I'm the first to mention, like I'm pretty self-aware and, and humble to the degree of my ability in, in genres that are 
not my number one expertise. You know, I'm really yeah. good at platformers. I can do a really hard platformer. I'm not a shooter person, so I'll give you that. But man, taking in that first like, you know, kind of mission where they do highlight the play your way, you know, mm-hmm. and they give you tips. They'll say um, you can kind of basically <laughs> you can go in guns blazing. You know, it's basically that they give you like three directions that you can go in. Okay. And you can go from the roof and come in that way. And um, me and Isaiah were like, OK, let's take the roof. And then we were trying to like find out where to go. And just like. I fell off that like and maybe I just was bad at getting onto it, but I fell off getting on that pipe like three or four times. And then it was awkwardly like looping around. You would think you could just like nothing worked the way you kind of expected it to work in terms of even how the level was laid out. And frankly, like infiltrating that that like firehouse from the rooftop. I felt like I was a member of the Wet Bandits from Home Alone. Like it was (laughs) sloppy work like but also it was like fine. You know, like I wasn't like penalized for being bad because it was kind of made where you can't be that good like the stealth takedown is either non-existent or really awkward and unprompted like people told me there kind of is one but not really and it just it it's it feels like i'm removed like twice removed from the game it kind of has an uncanny valley energy to it like nothing quite works the way you'd expect it to yeah and the result is a rough time. Yeah, it feels like the type of games like they should have gotten it to this point and then set it down for six months, thought about it, then went back for another eight months of development or something. You know, it's like it's so tough to try and figure out like what's going on behind the scenes to make a game like this happen. It's like, okay, it should be noted that like, you know, Prey was this studio's last game for Arcane Austin. Um, and then this is them attempting an open world game. And then also shifting engines, they shifted over to Unreal for this one. So like that's a that's a tough that's a tough twofer. But I think it also it's zooming out a little bit. It's kind of Arcane's in such a weird spot overall, um, and they're in a weird transition period um, between the you know Bethesda ownership and now the Microsoft ownership. So I think what gets messy when everyone looks at this game and they're like, "What is Microsoft doing? How could micro? This is a first-party game. How could it release on the Xbox Series X and run like this? It's unbelievable." And I think that's, I think that's fair. I do think people don't appreciate enough or just know enough, like how much within Microsoft they still kind of have that city-state structure, where it's like Bethesda is kind of their own thing, making a lot of their own calls. I mean, interviews about Hi-Fi Rush have made that pretty clear that it's like, oh, it's a lot just coming from Bethesda. Um, and Microsoft tries to be a little bit more distant there, but still everybody sees it as a huge ding for Xbox because it is ultimately an Xbox yeah, first party I game. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I feel like that's totally fair, though, because yeah. they get the credit when they succeed. Like, I think you get the credit and you also get the blame. Like, that's part of you guys are a team. Yeah. Whether or not you are, I don't think a team means that you have to be a prescriptive micromanager, but ultimately their success is your success and their failures are your failures. Um, I think too, something that was, um, and again, we're really early, so we're missing a lot of totally, totally. what might be more abilities or upgrades and, and things that might make, but one, you know, one thing, just to jump ahead, I, I want to like couch this by saying maybe this stuff gets better later, but I also want to acknowledge that I absolutely hate when a game makes it so that it's unenjoyable to play so that they can give you joy later. It's like they make sure. you suffer so that they're like, now you're really going to like this double jump. And I think it's fine to roll out abilities, but it has to be that push and pull of I feel fine and maybe I can see where you're going, but you know, it, it can't just be all 
rough and then you, you slowly build it. But the amount of lock picking you need to do in this game where you just need to have a lock pick or buy a lock pick, everything is locked. This town is locked down. <laughs> like they locked everything. They locked every door. They locked the safe that's inside the second floor of that door. They locked the random car you see. And it's stuff like that, too, where it's like, man, even when I try to, you know, we started playing and my boyfriend's like, oh, how do you want to play this? Do you want to like play it for real where we're like looting everything and we're really in it? Or do you want to just kind of run through it? And I'm like, no, I want to do it for real. Like, let's see what yeah, what's here. Right. Um, plus, that's to me, that's the fun of games. Like, I like looking around, getting the stuff, whatever. But it's so much of just like picking up random stuff. I can't even see really what I picked up easily. And then when I try to explore and check out stuff, everything is like, oh, you need a lockpick here. And I'm, what, I just got to have like 80 lockpicks on me at all times to engage with this work. So it's yeah. stuff like that also, that it's weird becomes that... like, it piles on and on. Yeah. It's weird you can't pick up enemy weapons. I was like, wait, am I missing something here? Okay, you just need to go buy these, but you can't just kill an enemy and then pick up their shotgun and, and call it yours. It's just, it's a, just a lot of little things that make it just feel not... It's not a great easing into this world, even though I'm sure there's great stuff there. It's a talented series. It's a talented team. I mean, Harvey Smith. I mean, are, like, are you? And I get, I get what you're trying to do, and I'm not trying to, like, disparage the work that's done. No, Obviously, you can me. It's, it's hard to make a game, but, like, I don't know. They didn't make a good game. Like, that is what it is. Yeah. Like, we can talk all about how I can't believe this. Ha like, I believe it because it's here and I'm playing and it's that's that is what it is. Like. And I think this goes back to the not every studio is or team or whatever is bulletproof. Like I always yeah. hear and maybe it's being like a little bit contextually younger. Again, I'm like almost 30 already, but everyone seems to be older than me all the time. Um, when they're like, no, you don't understand. It's arcane. You don't understand. It's so and so. It's like, look, maybe that could be true, but like it doesn't end up mad. It's like what you did now. You still have to do it again. And, and clearly that's hard to do because I didn't do it this time. Um, but I think, too, what's rough with this is since it is rough you start to look at it more and then it starts to become stuff that you might let slide you like no longer do because you start mm -hmm. like seeing all of the aspects like i once i started to see like the rough edges of this game i'm like well how rough is it and even something as simple as like engaging with an npc multiple times they will feed you the same voice line back to back to back to back yeah. hi how's it going hi how's it going hi how's it going and i'm like this thing is is like messy in all the parts that you look at it. Yep, yep. And they try to have some stylized faces. It's a little bit like that Dishonored style, but I think Dishonored's art direction just works so much better where you're in the fire station looking at faces and everyone's animation just looks rough. Their faces all look rough. But like thinking about, you know, Arcane and where they're at and stuff, there was an interesting interview with Raph Colantonio, who is the co-founder of Arcane, and he left a little while ago. He made a Weird West uh, with some other folks who branched off, but he did an interview with Rock Paper Shotgun talking about the origins of Deathloop for the Lyon team over there in France. And he said that at that time, it was before Microsoft, obviously, and he said that Bethesda said, we don't want to do Dishonored 3, but if you can pitch us a small game, something that maybe has multiplayer so we can learn multiplayer, something that maybe has microtransactions, maybe something with a lot of recycling, like a roguelike, and then that's how Deathloop came to be. So knowing that is the you know, what the Bethesda corporate and ZeniMax was telling them in Lyon is probably a similar thing in Austin. So thinking about that idea of like this project starting with just the higher ups being like, can you make some multiplayer thing that maybe we could put microtransactions in? And I think it's not a gross avenue on that front, but it was just coming from that space of like ZeniMax, we could use one of those living games, Fallout 76 isn't exactly working. So this game probably started more in that field. And then under Xbox, they were trying to, shift it more into something that feels a little bit more like a Borderlands, uh, but it just doesn't quite stick the landing, and it's, it's a sad one to see. Uh, Redfall, everybody. Janet, God bless you for going back to it. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll let you know if I see that great game that's hiding two, four hours after the bad game. Come on, that like it's not. Look, it's not I'm just there. saying I want to see. It I want to see defenders. I want to see defenders out there. But you're right. Call it out. I, I think it's absolutely fair. Um, it is just that weird idea of like, why why ship it? it was Xbox just it's like, hey, we also, made the promise to ship it these things within a year based on the last presentation, so we got to stick with that. It, it or may, I don't know. And maybe it's because like um, you're in the fire station, but frankly, this game feels like Ghostbusters Unleashed, but worse. <laughs> I and Ghostbusters Unleashed is not that good of a game either. It's very, it's okay at best. Like okay, it's, you're kind of pushing it, and okay to be honest, it's a more and enjoyable it's a experience. Time. Uh, but you know, it's, it's but sliding down at, the fire at, pole in both. It's like, I also thought of Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed right, starring like, Greg with, Miller. At least with that, it's like, in, there's a lot of games where it's like, well, it's not that it's bad, but it's not quite good. And what is it? It's something to do. If you have friends, because yeah, like, guess what? If I play a game with Kelsey, I'll probably have a fun time because I like talking to Kelsey. You know what I mean? Like, but it doesn't make the game better. Um, but yeah, like, man, this is, um, this, this definitely shows there are levels to that. I do think, as far as what you mentioned, Ben, like just to close it out, like with um, kind of the type of game that you're trying to make, I do think it's really hard to make those types of games and to make them well. And it is why right. that I'm always so suspicious of the, I promise you can play by yourself or with friends. Like so often those just don't, even the good ones don't quite hit hard. that hard. Yeah. Um, so I'm not shocked by the results of this to a degree. I think the most shocking thing is the performance of it rather than the structure. I think yeah. I expected the design and the experience to be kind of middling, but I didn't expect it to be somewhat broken. So I think that's the biggest, to me, disappointment coming off of this. Because I went and thinking it, it did feel a little bit generic looking from a lot of it personally. But yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it makes me wonder, you know, if like if Bethesda slash Xbox is OK releasing this in this state, like should we be concerned about Starfield? I think everyone's feeling good about Starfield after that big delay. Like, give them time. Give them time. Let them finish the I mean, I th- bun in the oven. I think oven. we should always be concerned about Starfield. I mean, it's like it's yeah. a new thing, and there's a lot of pressure on it. Yep. Like, I, I am ca- I'm cautiously optimistic because it seems interesting, but I don't know. Personally, I think looking at something that's so... It's like the opposite, right? It cuts both ways. Like, yeah. it's such an... Uh, I, I'm, you know, and with the history, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know... I don't think it's going to be bad necessarily. Like, I think it should be a solid game. Maybe it will be great and become like an iconic, you know, game in the lineup and in the studio history. But frankly, like the way I always go back to this with like, I do fantasy critic for kind of funny. Like I wouldn't draft it. Yeah. I absolutely would not draft that ever. Yeah. But hey, personally, Kel- and wouldn't put my team on it, but we'll see. You. Kelsey, do you remember how good Hi-Fi Rush was though? Oh, so good. It's so good. Did you talk about that game much on this podcast? Do we, I, maybe no, because no, I actually played it like, after you guys had all gotten through, I, I can't remember what it was. I think I was like out of town when it came out. Yeah. And then I had a trip like immediately after that. So I think I, I didn't start it until like two weeks after it had come out. And by then you guys had talked about it to death on the podcast. And I was like, well, I, I also love it, but I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's always I- tough spots where it's like. I'm finally here. And they're like, yeah, we already, everyone already ate. It's like, all right, well, (laughs) (laughs) no, but I think it's really charming. And the writing's surprisingly good. Like, yeah, yeah, no, we got it. We got it. But that's like, it's so weird that both of these are Bethesda games, you know, because like one, Hi-Fi Rush has felt like polished within an inch of its life. Like, how is it this smooth and everything but works I think, so well? Wasn't that like a smaller studio that were like they were smaller? They were like all in on this game. They were tuned in. Redfall feels like a studio that's going through something. There's probably a lot of shifting internally. I feel, it just looks like yeah. people were coming in and going like a revolving door working on this game. Hey. It's, it's about like what the studio's like. You know, if it's a right. strong studio, it's it's going to be a strong game. But I feel like this is just a sign of you know. 
what's been going on. Yeah, well, Hyphen Rush and is I feel the- like you can only attribute so much to like, um, you know, I, I don't know what the, the culture is there, but like if Bethesda's just kind of letting teams do their own thing and not like being too hard on them, then then yeah, ultimately it just comes down to what the studio is capable of. And then even if it's the opposite, it's still like you can't, you can't breathe down someone's neck and force a good game out of that. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it still just comes down to, I think, the individual teams and not so much like, like I put basically nothing on the Bethesda part of that. Yeah. Like to me, it's all about like the studio working on it. Yeah, and it is. I mean, if you want to zoom in on like the origins, obviously these things are infinitely complex, but zooming in on the origins, if you look at like Hi-Fi Rush, where it was like John Johannes working on this small prototype with a tiny team and then like, okay, let's take more people over from Ghostwire Tokyo more and more and let's balloon this thing up and we're confident about it and it's a good pure vision and we're sticking to that. Whereas in theory, you never know, but in theory, if the core idea for Redfall is like, we could really use one of those living game multiplayer games from Bethesda, you know, like that's not... But then again, you know, I'm sure people on the team are passionate about vampires. Red I hope Paul. so. Because I, I, I hate for them to be like, I hated this the whole time. And then you made no me way. put it out. Right. And now it's what I told you. Like, oh God, I like, oh man, work so hard. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, Hopefully I kept, the next one's better, right? Yeah. I kept thinking about, you know, because I know uh, Harvey Smith, uh, who was directing this thing over there, like he's a huge D&D guy. And I keep thinking about like, if it was like a D&D campaign, of like vampires and it's like this town isolating the American Northeast and there's like a tidal wave. Like it seems like a cool setting for a D and D campaign. So I'm always trying to think of like that perspective for him, for the passion for this thing. And then it sucks. But, uh, the rest of the podcast, hear me out. It's going to be nothing but us saying really nice things to each other and us saying really nice things about all games and all people who write in community questions. So get ready for that. Everybody, please. Uh, hey! Please stop bullying Ben <laughs> That's, it's on honestly, the internet, guys. It's code for he's hurting. Yeah, say nice oh, things about Ben from? and his positive opinions. I know you. Is this because I asked? I requested at the end of our spoiler cast with Jeff um, that everyone tweet boo at Ben with multiple <laughs> O's. Janet, look, this is the episode of the podcast where we're all gonna be really nice to each other, but genuinely. <laughs> I was really stressed out by that. So we did, okay, so we did like a max spoilers for Her Eyes and Burning Shores. It's on our YouTube channel in the bonus podcast feed. But I should have factored this in. But we had like an hour and 30 minutes or so before I had to run out the door for New Show Plus. And also my mother-in-law was staying over. And so she was running to the airport. So we needed to like have a good heartfelt goodbye with her. And so all these things were packed in. And then I should have given Janet and Jeff my heads up they're like you can only talk about Horizon for like an hour and a half because it's Horizon I thought it'd be a solid 45 minute conversation but mm-hmm. they were going so strong so then I had to jump in to be like I'm so sorry but I'm running the tech for this I need to shut down the stream so I can go say goodbye to my mother-in-law and get ready to eat pizza for New Show Plus um, and then Janet comedically no doubt was like everyone tell Ben Boo and like maybe I'm too sensitive of a stupid little flower but like man it sucks to get booed at on the you internet you can't do that to Ben he sends no, 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 it's it's fair. Us, look, I it's genuinely totally, she's I allowed know, to people, I come from kind of like we do that all the time I know no, like look. all the time so that's my bad don't no, tweet we're just trying ben. to tough Ben up a little bit right. toughen him up we don't have like that WWE mentality like they do over at kind of funny where everything's just you know that's the thing I always joke that like you know, here on Minimax, and it's funny because I went to like, I was like, why is Janet like this here and then different here? And I'm like, at Minimax, I'm the craziest person here. Like, I'm the most extreme. Well, I'm the meanest. I'm the most aggressive. Meanest. I'm kind of funny. I'm like the nicest person there. Like, I'm like way <laughs> less radical. I'm the same person in both places. 
But hmm. yeah, it does hit different. So. You think? You think? I don't think blessings a meanie on content. He's a he's a sweetie. He's not mean, but I feel like he's he's still like in it more. You know what I mean? Like right, right, right. Okay, so what's the takeaway? That kind of funny should be nicer, or we should be we should attack each other more violently. <laughs> There's no takeaway. It's just an observation. Yeah. I mean, I okay. think different people are are different in different places. So yeah, keep the booze. But yeah, coming. no, I'm I never. I'm, my bad. I never would have done that if I thought it would like stress you out, it, like or it, anything. It, this so. morning, I, I had a moment of like that kind of sucks, and I I had that moment of you know, you're, Sarah's right. I should be tougher. Uh, I can take. It's okay. It's okay. I Everyone think just, tweet heart emojis. At ben you don't need now. to do that. You don't need to do that. I look. Don't this do is fine. I think tell Ben your ben, favorite thing tell about me how him. Long the podcast is. I think it was the it was the triple whammy of like. <laughs> also, he did. You did interject during the show as well. So I here's did. the you know, and I'm not trying to like you know. I had no choice. I'm, I'm I had no choice. Up, it's my bad. I own it. But <laughs> also, you were dishing it out. I thought when people dish it at me, I dish it back. That's no, the thing. I, get I didn't it. realize that I took it too far. No, no, no. You didn't. You. I think it's totally fair. But I think it was the triple whammy of like the Final Fantasy 16 reaction stream, which Sarah, I didn't even bother talking to you about, but because I know you're a healthy person to read the YouTube comments, people did not care for that. Uh, and then there was that. And then last week, Jedi uh, Survivor, where people were just kind of like, eh, not really my thing. And then Jacob got really didn't like it. So it's just been like, okay, a little, little hot on the internet these days, but I'm fine. I can take, I can, it's fine. It's comments. And then, and then there's some people who are complaining about like the Tears of the Kingdom content that's going to be big and all, everyone's going to be really excited about it. And they're like, oh, I don't want to just hear about Tears of the Kingdom. What do you want? What do you want? That's the thing. Like I, and maybe it's because I've had a more traumatic time on the internet, but like I, I, I've seen so much stuff here. Like this is like a regular Tuesday. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, have you had entire posts written about whether or not you belong at companies and oh. they had just debates in it? Like... There's stuff happening in the background that I don't even know, man. Like right. it's just it's wild out there. It's the wild west. And look, this but is this again, is, not everyone has been like subjected to this really bad stuff. But you're you know. right. And this is this is more of a party chat conversation, our bonus podcast where we dive in more behind the scenes <laughs> and stuff. But you're right, it it, it is just that fascinating idea of like I'm sure people listening, I'm sorry. I'm sure this is frustrating. You'd be like, wait, just talk about games. Shut up. It's fine. It's largely everybody's attitude, which is fair. No. But like, no. You shut up. <laughs> but it's. Listener, <laughs> let us do what we want. This no, is our podcast. No, you no, want to no, talk? Sarah, Make your own up, podcast. Stop, 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 Sarah, no, no. Uh, no, but it is, it is that feeling of you're totally right. Like, what do you want? What do you want? Because it is that feeling of like, it, it, but it turns out when it's tens of thousands of indiv- individual people with different wants, it's like, it feels like. Everyone's the same because it's all just the same text in a YouTube comment or in a tweet. And it's like, no, no, no. These are tens or hundreds of thousands of different people all wanting different things. And it's impossible to lump them all together. Hey, the point is, uh, Kelsey Lynn, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Cassette Beast? Yeah, I played it last night. God this is a really traumatic you. episode. <laughs> I feel yeah. like we're unpacking really, a lot. Yeah, a lot of we're going to be positive now. This is a really interesting <laughs> game, I thought. I think it is too. Yeah, so Raw Fury published this thing in uh, Bitten Studio. Bitten Studio is the name of the developer. And so they had um, some people that worked at Chucklefish before, which published Stardew Valley. Um, the artist. Oh, that makes sense. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, they just published it. They didn't make it. Because I was, the wording on their site was like, we worked on Stardew Valley. I'm like, what? Where? And I couldn't find it. It was like, okay, Chucklefish, uh, sure, they did support. I'm sure there's probably more of a connection that I realized. But then the artist also worked on that Witchbrook game. Remember that game where they're like, Stardew Valley, Harry Potter, yeah. everybody? Um, and then yeah, it's not out yet. Not out yet. Um, and so the artist and also other roles uh, jumped over to this thing. And then also somebody who worked, the designer worked on Wargroove and Starbound. So it's a really talented studio. And they made, how would you describe it, Sarah? It's like, it is similar to Pokemon. 
but it's got some like interpersonal relationships that do remind me of a Persona game with the narrative that, uh, that you would expect from an small indie game. That's it. Oh, I just want to add the music yeah. that is so weird in this game. And I don't <laughs> I don't hate it. It's like it's pretty good music that like I would have never in a hundred years expected to be the soundtrack for this game. It's yes. very like indie movie or like like Life is Strange esque or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. It, it's something that like when you're playing, you know, Ben, you're like, this is a Pokemon game, uh, or you know, a Pokemon type game, download it, and I'm like, why why is the music like <laughs> it's bizarre? When the lyrics kicked in? I'm not used to that. Well, yeah. when, when <laughs> Yeah, because it looks like Pokemon Black and White is probably the easiest comparison, where it's like sprites, but then in a 3D world, and it's got the tilt mm-hmm. shift, I, I guess. This is what I wish modern Pokemon games looked like. Ooh, interesting. Where it's still a 3D environment, there's a pixel sprite, and then the backgrounds are voxel, and it just, everything looks cute, colorful, compact, and busy. Yeah, but then it has that look, but then you're right, when the lyrics kicked in in that opening town, and then also in the lyrics, they're like, you gotta make the most of this shit. I was like, wait, what? Like, they're just, like, swearing in the lyrics. I, did, I took a pause. I, like, to think that we all just took the same pause when that happened. Because <laughs> I was not expecting it. You can't just, like, spring that on someone. No, so it's So is this, like, much. a T for T game, then? I, I, who knows? It's just on PC <laughs> right now. Uh, but it's a, it's sitting at overwhelmingly positive for the reviews. Like, people are all in on this thing. And I think it is, like, yeah, it's Persona meets kind of old-school Pokemon everybody. But also, it just has a lot of really clever ideas. And the reason that it's called Cassette Beasts is that you don't capture these monsters, Janet. You record them to a cassette? Is that the best way to describe it, I There's guess? There's a lot of, like, great ideas in this game. Yeah. Cause, like, and then, like, to revive your cassette, you literally just turn the tape back. That's like you good. turn the tape back into the like the and I, that I, they did a really good job, but it's just absolutely wild. Yeah, and then also absolutely like absolutely wild. You learn moves and you put stickers on the tape, and that yeah, represents the TMs the are move. the stickers. Right, right. But and they're reusable, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. But like you, you only have one, dream, but you can like a reusable take sticker. It. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you can like you can you, you can only use one at a time, but then you can like be like, never mind, I don't want it there, and put it somewhere else. And I don't know, I was just really pleasantly surprised at like um, how much I enjoyed just the the loop. Like I I kept playing even though it was kind of late last night, and I was like, oh, I just want to see if I can find like a couple more new monsters or like just do a few more battles because um, it's I don't know. I I still have not. I don't know about you guys. I have not quite figured out the. Um, element part of it yet like no i got stuck on that too yeah like the ground because like air is what is uh good against fire and i haven't seen anything water yet if that's even a thing like if you use an air attack on a fire thing it's like oh it lowers their attack because you've blown out the fire and i'm like that's interesting but i would have never like thought that so i'm glad you're telling me that because i would have never come up with that yeah i i've been impressed by the monsters, the Pokemon equivalents that they've had so far in the game. Cause like pretty early on, even there's like, I don't know if you saw that big dandy lion guy. 
I love like that. I yeah. got that immediately. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, he's huge. I was like, it's you're so coming cool. home with me. It's so rare, like, in early stages of this game, just have a giant monster like that. And then the part that blew my damn mind is you fight, like, an archangel, which seems like it's going to be kind of the main theme of the game is going up against these things. Uh, and just also clever mechanics there where they, they're building up, like, action points and you got to stop them before they get to the top or when they get to the top, they do a huge move. So already the combat seems more interesting than, than most Pokemon games. Uh, you know, not competitive, but for normal people playing Pokemon games. But anyways, um, but then the crazy thing is then in that fight, you build up a bond with Kaylee, the person you run around with the, the most there in the beginning, and then your monsters fuse and it fuses two together. And that, it's like, how and much? And apparently you can fuse any monsters. I know people always say they want that in Pokemon. It's like, well, you do the math, and this is like Fuse and Tears of the Kingdom, I suppose, of like that. Oh, there's a ROM hack for that, though, right now. Like, there is oh, a really? Pokemon Fusion thing where people, yeah, where it's just shuffled up, fused Pokemon. Oh, that's such a good idea. It's one of those things where, like, that yeah, sounds great in theory, cool. but it's way too much work. And then Cassette freaking did it. Like, yes. In the, yeah, well, in yeah, the ROM they get a whole the new appearance. Thing. Yeah, yeah so for, it's insane. Yes, in cassette beats, and also yes, in Pokemon. Um, in Pokemon, I think they've they had like some artists like specifically clean a lot of them up and like make them really oh. intentional. Mm. And then they also have like um, algorithmic driven ones that look okay. Like most of them look okay. They don't look <laughs> okay. But it's, it's not. Like, it's not like half. You cut Pikachu in half and you stitch them together. With, no, it'll be like, like a, it'll be like a coughing, but with like Pikachu's color scheme and face okay, or something cool. like that. That's that's way less scary than what I envisioned, yeah. which was like, um, what's the name of that Pokemon that like it looks like Pikachu but it's not Mimikyu? Yeah, I picture like Mimikyu yeah. level horror. No, much better design. So. Much better design than that. Oh, um, I do want to shout out that uh, I'm a biggie boy pointing this out in the chat. You know, y'all mentioned playing on Steam. It's on um, Xbox and it's via Game Pass. It's available via Game Wait, Pass. Wait, is it now. really? Yes. Oh, I didn't um, know that. I think that must have been I feel like a somewhat recent development. I feel maybe it came into PC first, but I'll be damned. Yeah, or it's um, 20 bucks on Steam or Xbox if you want to buy to own. Wow, all right. Is that what they call it? Buy to own? Because you know how it says like Game Pass and then they'll be like, or do you want to like buy it for some reason? Like yes. I heard what they pay, pay to have. I don't know. Whatever. Who knows? It's but 20 That's bucks. cool. Good call. Yeah, Pass. good catch there. I missed that. Um, but yeah, so you're building up like uh, relationship levels with people, persona style and stuff as well. But um, I think we all agree. Cool. Do you think anybody's going to stick with it or is it just a tough time right now with Zelda on the horizon to, to stick with this thing? Yeah, I wish it was happening at another time because i would yeah. probably i don't know that i'd finish it i mean i have no sense of how long this game is but i certainly would put a lot more time into it but i am juggling uh octopath traveler 2 mm. and this and the xenoblade dlc all with what like seven days to go before breath of the Wild. Yeah. i still don't know and i know because like, i think i think did sarah ask you this outside of content like in our meeting like how do you mentally oh, I did. yeah is it really just you not like because you're aware. Here's the thing. Because you just said, like, I have these things going on. I have this thing coming up. I know you're aware. But, like, is it like you're aware, but you, like, go into, like, a zen state? Like, how do you do it? Like, can you speak to that a little <laughs> yeah, bit? Yeah, I, just, I, I think just don't think. And I just start playing. And, like, oftentimes, like, the, the thing you're not seeing, I guess, is that I don't finish every RPG. Like, there's no way. I I don't have the time for that. I, I certainly won't finish Octopath Traveler 2 before Tears of the Kingdom. I hope I return to it, but I make no promises. <laughs> okay, but we should we should dive into that. Yeah. So, how far are you in Octopath Traveler two? Um, I'm like twenty hours in, I think, and I've met um, I think seven out of eight of the characters okay. so far. Did you? I I played 
uh, I, I, an embarrassingly little amount, maybe like an hour or so, because I hear everybody raving about this. And the first game kind of turned me off. Like the idea of like, hey, it's a it's a throwback RPG with really good systems. The story's kind of meh. Like I always, I always say I judge my RPGs on the Paper Mario spectrum. Like the closer it is to Paper Mario, like simpler systems, but with more charming characters, I am much more interested. And so... The more I hear about this, though, it seems like people are starting to defend the storylines and the characters more and more than I expected. And now everybody's screaming about how it's a Hall of Famer JRPG. Yeah, I would definitely say the story. So I didn't finish Octopath 1, but I did like what I played. I just didn't like it enough to, like, push all the way through it. And I think it was mostly because the the story and the characters and stuff were, like, fine, but they weren't amazing. And yeah. in this one, I feel like they're much better. Like, they are... Um, much better written. They're more interesting. Um, their stories get interesting like immediately um, as opposed to I feel like going through kind of like boring JRPG exposition in, in the first one where it's like they put a lot of work into establishing that like this is what uh, this is who this person is. Um, I think in this one they just kind of like jump more into it and you kind of learn who that person is through their story. Um the writing's really good. There's been some really like fun and unexpected references in it that I was not expecting. Like in one of the in the uh, merchant's story, uh, he makes like a cowboy bebop reference. Like hey, they're, right. they're poor, and he does the like you know it's a, a beef stir fry, beef and vegetable stir fry, and his dad. You know the the thing from the ep- episode one. I'm, I can't <laughs> sure, quote sure. it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just the encounter like encountering each new party member and kind of like getting to you know adding people to your party and and starting their stories just feels very seamless in this one it's very like you will naturally you know you get kind of like this this map and you will naturally start going towards like no matter who you start with you will naturally start going towards another person and then you can kind of pick from there like you don't have to advance anyone's story you can just go pick up another person and start their story and then and then you have a full party of four which makes the game a lot uh a lot easier not in just like the battle way but also in things like everyone's got different abilities that they can do in sort of the overworld um and it's things like you know um pickpocket or uh, knock someone out or like fight them and and mug them or, or it's very like it's weird how like kind of evil your party is. Okay, actually. I'm like, interested. Like, I don't. It's one of those things where I, it's never like explicitly explained that any of you are. I mean, there's a thief. Like the thief's a bad person, of course. But um, but but she's she's had Maybe a rough they had life. Their reasons. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah she's she's definitely have definitely has her reasons. Yeah, Robin Hood's like, cool. Like, around on this thief. Yeah, you. But you go around and you're just like it's weird that uh. Yeah, almost all of your world overworld actions are like kind of bad. Like they're like mugging people and like you know interrogating them and and, and that sort. Of this sounds like a D and D game. Yeah, I I don't is the remember. First one like that? I, don't think, I mean, I, I do remember pickpocketing was in the was in the first one, but I I don't know. I I I do feel like I'm having this feeling in this one where it's just like wow, everyone's everyone's got like something bad they do. That's weird. Um, not all of them. I think like the merchant just like buys things from people. That's okay. The merchant's a capitalistic shill. Okay, right. yeah. they're also bad. <laughs> so it's just it's just uh, impressing on every level. It just feels like it's 
right up there. Like just like quality of life things I hear are great that you can yeah. like change the time of day like at any point. Yep. So if there's a quest that's only yep, available just, at a certain time, like no big deal. Yep. Yeah, you can just instantly change the time of day. Um, you know, the music's really good and yeah. stuff, obviously. But the um, I really, really like the battle and i liked the battle system in the first game too um you know it's a turn-based thing but you also have this uh this sort of like if you it's like the thing in bravely default like where you can sort of spend points do more actions (laughs) and then and then like you have to wait to build up more um so you know you can start the fight by um hitting someone twice but then you don't have extra points the next turn to play with, or you can, you know, just only attack once and slowly build that up. And then towards the end, just do like four in a row um, with, for each character and stuff, which I I think is really nice. I think the, um, the difficulty of this game is really good. Um, You like, if an area says like, you know, this is a level 14 area, like you pretty much have to be level 14 um, and you can't just like mindlessly go through fights unless you are over leveled, um, like fairly significantly. Like it, it kind of it forces you to like actually play the game, um, which I appreciate. Like none of the boss fights, you can't just like cheese any of the boss fights. Like you have to actually pay attention and have some strategy to yeah. it. Which I I don't know. I enjoy because I think that a lot of times in RPGs, like you can just kind of grind mindlessly and like play so mindlessly that it stops being fun and you're like, but I just have to do this. So, right. Right. I don't know. I I think it's a really, it's a very like healthy difficulty level where as long as you're trying and paying attention, you're probably going to be fine, but like you can't not try. That's sweet. Uh, is this going to be the game you're fighting for in a big way? You think with the two tens, is it going to be one of those that like no one else gave enough love to and and you're going to have to champion and run up the flagpole? Yeah, I mean, I really do feel like I want to finish this. Um, I can tell I have a lot, a lot to go, though. Um, And we got Tears of the Kingdom coming out. So, like, it just kind of depends on what the rest of the year is like. Um, But I, which sucks. I think that sucks for a lot of games that are early this year. It's like, especially long ones. Octopath 2 deserves it. Like it's a it's a good game. They yeah. made a lot of improvements over the first one, and I I'm really enjoying it. So I hope I can get around to finishing it. Yeah, it looks like how long to beat has it at 71 hours, which I, I guess is kind of you know. I might say 60 and a half Are for two. How long to beat's like it's so odd. Oh weird. Oh wait, you're right. Yeah. Well, if you Google how long to beat, um, apparently Game Rant's how long to beat article pops up before the how long to beat. Oh, yeah. Nah, I don't I, I go straight uh, to the yeah, how yeah, long yeah, yeah. to beat dot com. OK, yeah. It looks like 60 and a half. You're right. All right. So that's a but piece of way, case. Like, 60 is ben, reasonable. Six, I could do that. Yeah. 60 versus what, did, what was yours? Like 70 or something? 71. I feel like either way, I don't I don't know that we're getting around to that. That's I, so long. It's a lot. I know. I know. Maybe, maybe the trick. Maybe, you know, Kelsey gave us the formula, right? Maybe we just need to start. Maybe it's yeah. like. I Look, did. So don't finish it. You know, it's like, all right. Um, I, I started it on Switch and I started it on my Steam Deck. And I both have a good, I have like, so here we go. Because I and have I it on can't. Switch and I see it. It's like I downloaded it recently enough that it's in the little like carousel. Mm, yeah. And I just like it. I've, ne- I've not started it. Even. It's just sitting well, there. I, it's, it's like awful. If it helps uh, everybody, it, it, there is a free demo uh, for all systems that, that transfers over. Uh, so you can play a couple hours of this thing to get a better idea of, of what actually is going on there. Um, I recommend, 17 hours. by the way, 
is uh, is start with the scholar because he has a passive ability that lets you see it unlocks one enemy weakness every time you fight one. So I I just I feel like that makes the game. Um, I don't know, a little bit easier because you're not doing like a guessing game for a while for the first few enemies that you fight. Right. Um, the other thing I forgot to talk about too, which I, at 20 hours in, I've barely scratched the surface of, but like the, the class system in there is pretty cool. Like you're going to be able to, it's at 20 hours in, I haven't gotten a lot of this yet, but you're going to be able to kind of like get more, um, they call them licenses for each class. So like, you know, your thief can like also do some, uh, you know, scholar stuff or whatever, if you get the extra license for that. And so it just kind of opens up your, um, your like fighting repertoire more and, and makes yeah. it a lot more fun. Right on. And some of the passive abilities are really useful. They're like, they're, you know, you can equip something that's just like, you just don't run into as many enemies or Perfect. like you're going to run into more rare enemies now. And it's that, that kind of stuff is very useful and, um, I don't know, makes it a little more approachable, I think. Yeah. Octopath Traveler 2, everybody! Damn good! Out on everything except for Xbox, I think. Um, Alright. Uh, let's get to it. Sarah, it is time. It's time, time to talk about this great tree known as Pacha. <laughs> I didn't know the tree was called Pacha until I started the game. Yeah, I didn't either. Because I, I played this at Summer Games Fest, and I didn't... I mean, it's called it's literally called Roots of Pacha, and they were like, this is the tree Pacha, and I was like, oh, I should have... <laughs> really seen that one coming. Yeah, with the Pachin <laughs> tribe. And just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a tree? Um, what an interesting take on, like, the farming sim life sim category. Yeah. Because you're technically, you're in a prehistoric tribe. Right. And I kind of had to reframe my thinking going in. Because I'm so used to, like, you know, Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon, you're on your own, right? You're, you're in it for yourself. You benefit, like, you can, you know, save the community and stuff, but, like, your farm is your own thing. You're doing it for your own thing. But in Roots of Pacha, they really put you in that, like, community. That's the and interesting since, twist. Yeah. Yeah. Since there is no, like, money, you just have you just have contribution points. <laughs> and when you put all of your, like, when you go to, like, ship your items or, like, whatever you've been farming or fishing or mining, you get contribution points that you can then invest in, like, the ideas of the community. So one person was right. like, hey, I have, like, a... A great idea for, like, how we can store animals in tiny houses so we can, you know, domesticate animals. And you're like, okay, take 800 of my contribution points and some wood and let's explore this idea together so I can get a barn. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of, a, yeah, it's a it's beautiful really idea. Cute. Yeah, because, like, you think of, like, oh, the people of, like, a Harvest Moon or Animal Crossing, or, sorry, not Animal Crossing, but a Stardew Valley. I guess Animal Crossing to some extent, too. is like, oh, you're, yeah, like, no, that's of, the community part sounds Animal Crossing. I guess you're right. Too. Yeah, that is interesting, because I was going to exclude Animal Crossing just talk about, like, that idea of, like, oh, it's kind of the appeal of a being in a little community, getting to know a small town really well and finding your partner out there and all that fun stuff. And it's like, okay, th this just makes everything... Else, this is like a joke. It's like, no, this is, we're literally all just like in a caveman family living together mm -hmm. and working together. And it's so much more kind of integral to everything that's happening. But I guess Animal Crossing, yeah, it's a little bit more on that community it would be like spectrum. Animal yeah. Crossing, if your animals actually donated to your public work. Yes, I was thinking, yes. Because, because I don't think they did about anything. that bridge, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, look, I, I put it a lot reminds me of. It reminds me of like in Animal Crossing New Leaf, the, the 3DS one, where they would like randomly come up to you and be like, oh my God, I just had an idea for a big clock made out of flowers in town and then you can build that thing. <laughs> right. But yeah, they don't help you. Yeah, it is kind of like that. But they do and then you the do idea. get 
you get more like involved in the lives of the tribe. Like they have like little quests for you. It's a lot more narrative than Stardew Valley is. Yeah. Um, I, but I think so it's there's a lot really, more characterization and stuff. And I think it's really smart with the characterization too. They're like, I haven't seen too many other games do this. Of like first time you talk to anybody, there's a pop-up before even their dialogue. And it's like, hey, you know this person um because they know your adopted grandma. Or like, hey, this is this guy's yeah. right hand man. And then there's little like profile pictures below to be like, this is how they are related to all other people. Just to like get stupid exposition out of the way like let's just tell you exactly who this person is so you have some well, reference. it's also you know in most life sins or farming games you're showing up for the first time like you're taking over the old farm or you're moving into town but here it's like your character has already been there right for at least like a year so you already like you know people in their established relationships so yeah but then that you're was, going that was really interesting too yeah but then the whole hook is like you kick it off and you go on your rite of passage and it's the big mm -hmm. trial thing and you get to like throw whatever item you want into the big pile and that determines kind of like a little perk for you and stuff like that it's just it's a it's a really smart angle i think for a crowded market of a lot of Stardew valley like games they have like oh, this one's yeah. a pixel farming game but but you're kind of in a caveman tribe and it's like oh it's they're really leaning into the theme and a really smart idea and it seems good but Sarah. Yeah, and I like that you play music to tame animals, and it's like a little rhythm game. Yeah. And you can yeah. also ride, if you're doing multiplayer, you can each, you can ride two-player on some of the mounts. Oh, that's so cool. So you can actually, like, take your friend with you, like, you can kidnap them and take them to the mines. <laughs> but it's just, a, it's just online <laughs> co-op, Is that the only use case for it? Get yeah, what else you do? <laughs> just picking people up. For the, um, you always have to have you... that one friend who likes mining and fishing in Stardew Valley, and it's not me. Did y'all, um play much of like any of the multiplayer stuff and eat, no. whether or not you did or I didn't did. like how does that work i did i did the multiplayer it the progression goes a lot faster um it kind of treats it similarly to like stardew valley where like you can marry separate people but you share you share like the progression points you know at the end of the day you like you share money in stardew valley you share seeds so like i would be on the farm and someone would pick up seeds all the way across the map and like it would be in my inventory too which at first i was like that's weird but then it got really convenient besides like running back and forth and like being like give me your seeds so i can plant them in the fields like give it to me um the only difficult thing is because this is so narrative based they're all it's, there's a lot of cutscenes, and you need your entire party there to mm. start the cutscene. Mm. so you kind of have to know that also you can take quests and like complete them without anybody else knowing that you've done it. So like I would accidentally like go onto our quest list, fulfill it, and then they'd be like, when did we get a barn? And I'm like, oh, sorry. I went and I like did the little quest to get us a barn. So it just depends. I would, it's one of those games where it's like, I recommend playing it single player first. Yeah. Like Stardew Valley. So you just get the lay of the land and then going into a multiplayer game. Yeah, it's a Soda Den is the developer. Um, and it's just on Steam right now, I do believe. Um, but also, no early access. It's just like 1.0, which seems bizarre and rare. But It was, they did early access via their Kickstarter. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, interesting. Yeah, so a lot of people had like alpha beta access via Kickstarter. Oh. Is uh, there like an end to it? I don't, I have not gotten there. I, I assume it just hits that one point where it's like, in Stardew Valley, where it's like, you did it. Like, here are some stretch goals for you. Like, continue playing. Yep, and then you hit the Ice Age, and then you can't do anymore, and that's about it. Um, Sarah, we don't have to fully dive into it. You can dive in as much as you want, as much you're comfortable with, but like, is working like on the marketing for a farming game, mm -hmm. uh, which you mentioned on the last episode you're on, um, do you feel like you're looking at all these games differently now? 
And it's just like, you're, you're constantly putting things through the lens of like, oh, that's really smart. Or, oh, we can emphasize this because no one in the market's doing this. Like, do you feel like you're now mm. a, a farming game scientist over there? I've always been a very, very into farming games and very into life sim. So the way I look at them isn't too different, but it's, it's, you know, it's always been a dream to work on a farm sim, but I don't really look at them as like competitors. And I don't really like take, try to like take the ideas back and be like, hey, and it's Pacha, you have to play a rhythm game because everyone's trying to stake their own claim Yeah. on this thing. But it's definitely one of those like, I am more like, especially with like Witchbrook and stuff, I am more, I'm forced to be more cognizant of all of the farming games coming out. Right. Like Ben, I saw one called Paleo Pals, Excuse where me? you ride dinosaurs okay. and you tame dinosaurs. Okay. Um, so you can just wishlist that. So it's like, I, now I just have like, a, I'm a complete encyclopedia of any sort of farming life sim coming up. Perfect. And just remind people, what was the name of the game you're working on? Fields of Mystria. There we go. Uh, Paleo, Paleo Pines. Is this oh, the yeah, one you're Paleo talking about? Okay. Yeah. It this should be called good. Paleo Pals. I, was it looking should be. I think that's a plushie or something. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, it, it does tie into my problem. Cause I've never really liked caveman media. I feel like every once yeah. in a while it's just like, hey, caveman, caveman. It's like, who cares about caveman? Roots of Pacha is the first game where I'm like, okay, I think this is actually smart. And the reason I don't like caveman, it's like, well, just don't get close to dinosaurs and then just not do it. Like, you oh know, God, unless these little it's, dinosaurs look so good. Yeah, they do look good. <laughs> unless it's Flintstones, you know? Like, I'll, I'll accept that version of Caveman. But other the version of Caveman, it's like, Sabertooth Tigers are cool, but raptors are cooler, and yeah, it'd be tough to argue otherwise. It's weird how, like, the farming sim has really exploded lately, and everyone's trying to, like, you know, like, how can we make it different? And they're right. like, what if you were all cats? What if you had dinosaurs? Wait, and I, I'm all here for it. Sarah, what do, you, what do you got up your sleeve here? Because I feel like you're holding <laughs> out on us. I have like a whole list of like upcoming. There's one where you're like a witch and you're just doing witchy magic. Hey, speaking of which, Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon, everybody. Available now on Nintendo Switch. Um, this is the prequel that confusingly uh, Platinum released just months after Bayonetta 3 came out. Um, Kelsey... You're a big Bayonetta fan, yes? Yeah, I like Bayonetta. Okay. Stylish action, super fan, Bayonetta's up yeah. there, but not top of the heap for you. Is that the, am I reading this correctly? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I do really like it. Um, I, I will admit I'm not like as good at Bayonetta as I am at some other action games. So like, it makes me feel bad about myself sometimes. So that's my only critique. <laughs> like it's a really, it's a great cool. series. <laughs> oh no. Uh, okay. So what was your read on Bayonetta Origins when they released this kind of spinoff style game? I mean, it's nothing like a Bayonetta game. Um, it's very like cute and interesting art style. It's just like very, very unexpected. And I, I think that's probably how everyone felt. It's just like, yeah. what, what, what is this? Yeah. Why? Yep. I, I had that reaction too of like, Oh, just thinking about Bayonetta fans. Like some people really like Bayonetta three. seems like it wasn't, didn't hit the high highs of two and two's reception, but I feel like everyone was a little bit like, all right, a little bit done ish with Bayonetta. And then they announced this. And I, I had that reaction of like, who is this for? Kind of like a story, storybook version of, of Bayonetta, but like isometric and you're using two sticks to control Bayonetta and then also like a demon run around. And then I realized after playing the demo that's available on Switch, I was like, oh, this game's for me. It's somebody who like played Bayonetta 2 and had a fine time, but I don't think I'd ever play Bayonetta 3 or anything. Then I played this and it's like, oh, I really like Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. I'm a sucker for just kind of like light, simple, puzzle, cute experience. But Janet, I'm curious what you think about Bayonetta Origins so far. 
Yeah, funny enough, I have never played a Bayonetta game. So this is my first time playing Bayonetta ever. I've only seen her like spin and dance and be in Smash Brothers. That's, that's about, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. That's you got like her. The, yeah, you know, like I caught the main beats. It's like sometimes she's naked, sometimes she's not. Her hair covers most of it. That's like, right. I'm, that, I got that's solid. That's solid. Notes. Exactly. Um, but no, I mean, I've always wanted to try it out. I just never got around to it. And I think, you know, three kind of came and went. I feel like I missed the boat and then people weren't yeah, like in yeah, love yeah. with it. So I just kind of moved on. Um, this came out. I played it for my stream. I tried to keep up with whatever's coming out in that week. One week it was this. I was like, sure, let's check it out. I really liked it. I thought it was kind of like what you mentioned. It's really cute. It's simple. It's but it works well, you know. I think they have some really fun stuff with the um, and it's been like a while since I played because I picked it up, had that one session and then haven't made time for it again. But it has like that little you do you do dance, though, in this like there's a oh, yeah. little dance mechanic of and what is it? It's for like, is it for growing plants or something? What is it? What Some is it? puzzle mechanic. But then also I was surprised that there's like also combat in here. I thought it was just going to be yeah. little puzzles in the Brother of Tale of Two Sun style thing. But like, oh, there's little like arenas. And you actually have action things and trying to ensnare people and stuff like there's stuff to it. And you have like a big demon who's also like a little plushy cat. So I think that's Cheshire, like a yeah. really fun setup. I, there's a, I was looking through my Switch now to kind of jog my memory on some of my thoughts that I had at the time. And the one screenshot I have um, it says, release me at once. And it says, even in this form, the demon did not seem happy about being cuddled. Because you can like cuddle it. Mm. You give him a little hug. There's like a button to hug in this game. It's good. It's, it's just like a cute, chill, charming puzzle action-y game. But it's not, you know, going to be the heavy list, lift of what you saw like in something like the mainline series where like it's all about the action this is just like it's it's almost like the positive side of the it's something to do coin i think the it's something to do <laughs> feeling in a video game right. can spin negative when you feel like i'm kind of mindlessly going to the motion kind of what kelly kelsey spoke to earlier with the you don't want to feel like now i'm just doing it right i'm not right. really thinking i'm just kind of i'm not involved so i think this lands on the good side of that where it's not going to be too taxing because i think most of the stuff is probably pretty straightforward but it gives that little satisfaction of you're putting two and two together hang on sarah's being attacked by a pack of wild dogs hang on (laughs) it's fine oh it turns out false alarm it was just one dog and uh it's been okay yep it's calm as can be this is the calmest chillest dog i've ever seen in my life Sorry, Janet, you were saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look at at this forward, bro. Um, Yeah, just that, like, it's a chill time. It's not too complex. I think, too, like, the storybook conceit works really well. Yeah. Um, I think it, while, you know, I was streaming it and some people in my chat noted that, like, it's a bit cliched because it has that storybook angle. But I, I personally like that. It's, like, it's very expected it's the classic oh she shouldn't be going off into the she's like there's this forest that i shouldn't go in right, but right, what right. if i went in the forest you know it's the it. it's it's predictable in that sense but there's something very like cozy i think the watercolor art really carries this game um in a cool way so it, it's definitely one i want to go back to and finish yeah. but i just haven't been able to make the time to like i think for me like you know it's kind of like inside baseball but because we do so much gaming for content for work, I kind of need to create like an additional bubble to feel like I'm more chilly engaging with the game. It's like sometimes at night, like I could just pull this out and play it, but it's like, I don't necessarily always want to do that though by the time I get to that point in my day. So I've just been kind of waiting to 
I don't know, get back around to it. And then I think it's also am, that weird thing where I haven't been playing my Switch as much in general. So right. it's kind of fallen off the rotation. And then again, Tears of the Kingdom. But what, out, so what like, about though, know. Janet? I, I think we feel the exact same way about this game. It's like, I would love to be able to champion this game by the end of the year. I think it, I think it's cooler now than uh, the industry is given credit for. What if we made a pact and we both agreed that we will finish Bayonetta Origins by the end of the year? Ooh, you already know where I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go with that how long to beat. How long is it? 15 and a half how hours. Long is it? 15 and a half hours? You know what? Sure, let's do it. Why not? not? Yeah, it's not that long. And just based solely on like, it gives you like a percentage when you save. Um, (laughs) And it's like the percentage, I think I've only played like an hour, maybe two hours or something. And I think it's at like 15, 16%, like something like that. Like it's, yeah. All right. It does seem like it's fairly, it doesn't seem too long. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Yeah, let's do it. I'll periodically slack you some stuff when i'm playing it it'll be like our own little game club yeah 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 and, and we'll just just for us not for the community we're gonna do yeah, a two-person deepest dive record anything hell no it. we'll never you'll never know we finished it no um there's a yeah. uh, there's a free demo available on switch too if you want to check that out everybody uh all right uh also xenoblade chronicles 3 Speaking of end of the year discussions, uh, some DLC is out. The, okay, help me out because I, I remember we did we did a reaction to the Nintendo Direct where they broke down all of Xenoblade Chronicles 3's DLC, but I kind of forgot how it works. Is this the first DLC period or the first like big story stuff or what's going on with this? Yeah, so they've they've put out um, three waves of DLC before this. I engaged with none of them because they were all pretty minor. Like um, I think one added a new character. Um, and then there were like a lot of just kind of new challenges and, and that sort of thing. Like they, they weren't very story based okay. things. And then this was like the big story DLC. Um, and the one I was waiting for. And this is the final like missing piece that ties the stories of all three of the Xenoblade Chronicle games and the DLCs of all of those Wait, together. And what? it is. It is beautiful. Like I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start with this. Literal ten out of ten DLC. I've go, never played go, like whoa. this is. This is my uh, Sarah. I'm really sorry. I'm blanking on that DLC that you uh, championed I so knew hard. It. I knew this was gonna be your echoes of the eyes. Yeah, this is this is my echoes of the eye. It is, it is like. I think it's actually flawless. Like <laughs> okay, okay, wow. whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so this is called Future Redeemed. Okay, um. Yeah what's what's our spoiler level for this thing like if we're talking about what makes it cool can we dodge big spoilers or how well are we I'm, I'm gonna yeah i'm gonna try to talk kind of generally about it because the very unfortunate thing about this is because it's the final piece of everything like i'm sorry you have to have played all three of the games oh my that god is, yeah and i don't expect anyone to start that journey like you are looking at you know between ev- everything combined here you're you're looking at a 250 hour commitment like and it will be some of the best 250 hours of your life but (laughs) some of yeah i don't expect anyone to uh want to jump into that if they've done none of this already but you know i i think that um something i think is really cool about the xenoblade series is like i played through all of one one is my one of my favorite games of all time I played through all of two and I went through most of the game being like, maybe they're not really like related. Maybe these aren't like part right, of the same right. story. And then towards the end, it's like, oh, oh no, this is all like, there's a vision here. And it's like this whole thing. And then three, you 
you kind of see how it fits in earlier than you do in two, but like still you got to get through a pretty good amount of the game to like start seeing how it fits in. Um, and then, yeah, this DLC is the final piece that that brings them all together. Um, okay, so as like a big I, fan of one as well, like is there a lot of one in this or is it just kind of like, hey, we brought in some themes and some music and some maybe a character somehow? Yeah, I mean, so so Shulk, the main character of the first one, and Rex, the main character of the second one, are both like they're both in this game. They're in your party. Whoa, they're like weird. they're like aged up daddy versions of aged uh, up daddies. <laughs> they are <laughs> they're aged up daddies. Um, and so I think like it, it might look kind of fan servicey um, because of that, but like they really hold back on doing that and I, I almost wish there was more and by which I just mean like more callbacks to the other games. There are still, there are still a bunch. Like yeah. um, there are some people you meet where it's pretty clear. Um, I don't think this is spoilery, but like, it's pretty clear that they are like the descendants of someone of like other people you knew from the other games. Okay. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like the pieces start falling into place and it, it really doesn't like, um, it really doesn't like hand you much. Like it, it isn't just like, yes, this person is the son of this person and this person. It, it kind of relies on like you putting those pieces together a little bit. But right. at the same time, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's hard to do that. Like it's not, it's not not obvious. <laughs> if that okay. Makes sense. I am so curious to see how this is all tied together. Okay, so. Spoilers for Xenoblade Chronicles 1 for the ending of 1, but I always thought that that ending was so wild because I'm trying to remember, the idea was it was like a science experiment gone wrong where it was like somebody on a space station on Earth ended up yes. creating Mechanus and Bionis and the entire world of... So is the idea that that scientific experiment created all of these universes? Yeah, so uh, major spoilers for... Um for all three games, okay. I would say. Oh, okay, uh, all right. We'll timestamp it. I mean, just to answer that question, yes. Like, all three of these are related to that event that happened in the real world. Um, and all three of the worlds come from that. Okay, I love that. That's cool to, like, lean into that weird ending. I didn't, because... They never touched on it in the marketing or anything. So just even, even seeing like Xenoblade 2 and 3, I'm like, well, this is cool, but I don't really how I don't understand how it ties into that absurd that's, ending of one. That's what I think is like, it's something that like no games dare to do because, yeah, I mean, it requires a freaking 250 hour commitment from right. the people who like your game, which is, you know, an insane thing to like not advertise um, right. that they're that they are all connected. But like, um, I mean, I guess the name of the DLC Future connected, kind of like hints at that. Well, I think it's future redeemed, um, isn't it? Oh, that's the sorry, that's the Xenoblade One DLC. It's called Future Connected. Okay, right? okay, gotcha. Yeah. And this one's future um, redeemed. Got it. But yeah, they it literally it ties everything together in like a pretty just in like a fairly tidy way from for how. Um, long running and complicated in a lot of ways that the Xenoblade Chronicles series yeah, has been um, cool. like there have been things in this game where I'm like oh my god they thought about that all the way back in Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and like it's still like they they didn't 
connect those dots for like 15 years and now they've connected them (laughs) that's wild so satisfying does it feel like the entire team's like putting the bow and uh putting the bow on the series and laying it to rest yeah it does which i mean i wouldn't want more content out of this series i would i just want to see more from i forget the name of the director but i would love to see just more of like a a brand new story uh series from him at this point because i think that yeah it really does like tie it all together in a way that like anything else would not be like um interesting story it would just kind of be fan service it's just it would just be like you want to see more of these characters that you love um so uh but on top of all that like story stuff awesome um but everything about the game is like just a more polished version of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah. Um, so the battle mechanics, I think, are even easier to understand. Um, the the chain attacks, which are like a really major part of, especially when you're fighting like a really difficult enemy, um, they have way more flexibility in this one. And I've seen people do some, basically you can unlock like, um, you, you get items throughout, you know, doing random quests and, and fighting certain enemies and stuff that... Uh, give you abilities that like really let you be super flexible with that. So like if you are fighting um, a machine based enemy, you can like do you know crazy amounts of damage if you just kind of stack your items the right way. Yeah. Um, my brother is way better at this game than I am, and I have seen them do some stuff in the chain attacks that I'm just like I literally don't understand how you have uh, <laughs> like you know, double the amount of double or triple the amount of damage that like I've ever done. And that's just like a normal thing for them. So I don't like, I've seen people do really broken stuff with it, which I think is fun. Yeah. Um, And then the, rather than being kind of like a, um, all your abilities being on like a skill tree, like they have been in the past. um, It's more just like a big, I don't know, skill plate. Like you can, you don't have to like chain things together you can just be like i want this one now i want this one now and that makes it um a lot more i don't know just everything's very very flexible like very customizable um but then i think my favorite thing about it um at least in terms of like new mechanics is that uh you unlock everything with like an affinity point system which you gain in like a hundred different ways so you can just explore and you'll get a bunch of a bunch of stuff from exploring you can like you know try to fight every monster in the game you'll get a bunch of points that way so it'll be like you know if you fight three of this you'll get some points if you fight one of this you'll get a bunch of points um you know doing side quests um picking up collectibles that sort of thing like it's it's all of this stuff that just really really encourages um wanting to explore this area and wanting to like talk to everybody and and fight new things um and uh i'm finding myself basically trying to like 100 percent it which is not a thing i do so jesus i think it's i think it's really effective um and then also like i mean if you're into xenoblade you're not going to be scared off by an open world anyways but i will say like this is a very reasonable sized open world like it is not (laughs) It is not anywhere near as enormous as the other games. And so, okay. like, the, the exploration is finite. Like, you can do it all. <laughs> okay, but it is, you need to finish three to unlock it? Or do you think you can buy it? And it's... I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I just think you, you shouldn't play it until you've played all of three because there's, especially for three, there's some fairly major spoilers just, like, in 
in the story. Gotcha. That's sweet. 10 out of 10 DLC. That's great. Um, so good. I, I love the idea of like, you know, people being like, oh, Mass Effect's so great. Obviously, it's a lot to get through the three games. And then in comparison to now the Xenoblade saga, it's like, okay, good luck even comparing the epicness of the story being told here. You know, it's just unbelievable. Which, by the so way... So is it like resolved? Will there, 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 will there be a Xenoblade 4? And then they'll just kind of wedge it in? Or have we resolved a trilogy here? I think, yeah, no, I th- the trilogy's done. Like, it's... It, it's been wrapped up with a pretty... Are they going like, to Kingdom Hearts us and just like, well, let me just sneak this one in here? It, I think if they did anything else with like this world, it wouldn't make sense. That's um, cool. Now I'm scared. I love that. I think <laughs> it's such a cool angle. Announcement. But yeah, I mean, um, that sounds great if that is them wrapping it up just to have something that's really both committed and unified and also final. I think there's such a rarity in true finality and what people set out to do, because then they're totally. like, well, what if... And we've seen this with every... I mean, I, I remember reading, like, the Aragon series, and I'm like, the trilogy, and then they're like, well, one more. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's 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 leave this alone. So it it sounds really cool if they were able to really tie it all together. Um, do you feel like you also have to play the DLCs of the other two oh, games? Boy. Assuming that two has one, I don't know. Yeah, um, one and two both have DLC. I would say those are not necessary, but they'll give you more context. Um yeah, I, you you could skip those, but neither of them are very long. Like just like this one, I think. I mean, I'm fifth. No, I am like eighteen hours into this one, um, and I could have finished it by now if I wasn't sure. like doing the hundred percenting part of it. And I think that's about the case for all of them, where it's like, you know, you can probably do it in like twelve to fifteen hours, um, and then there's maybe twenty to twenty five hours of actual content if you like really want to hundred percent it. Yeah, that's sweet. Xenoblade Chronicles three, future redeemed. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you for defending Xenoblade yet again on the podcast. We need you. We need you. Uh, but hey, Sarah, do you know how this whole thing operates? Patreon. Patreon. Patreon.com slash minmax with two ends, everybody. Go there, find the tier that's right for you. Try it out for one month. If you do it on this Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you will get sent an Xbox code. I'll send you that DM, that message on Patreon's actual site. So you can help support us. We'd appreciate it. Uh, thank you to some of our biggest supporters. You know who they are, of course. Uh, Hello Fresh. My God, HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that is, of course, why it's America's number one meal kit. I was so excited. Um, Doorbell rang today. Big old box of HelloFresh outside. Uh, It's it's always a treat. It's like Christmas every day that HelloFresh shows up. And I open it up. Sarah, you're going to choose which one you would have. Would you take Mushu Pork Bowls from HelloFresh? Would you take Sweet Pan Dijon Onion Crunch Chicken from HelloFresh? Don't forget about those beans there. Would you take Southwest Beef Cavatappi? Ooh, Beef Cavatappi. Have you had that before? Is it a thing? I, when I used HelloFresh, they sent me like a creamy mushroom cavatappi recipe. Ooh, yeah? 
I still make it to this day. Look at that. That's right. Mm -hmm. You just get HelloFresh once, then learn those recipes. You're good. But these pre-portioned ingredients, it's it's honestly a lifesaver. Just having like it all in a bag ready to go. And they point out the good point of like, yes, yeah, less food waste. It's like you have exactly as much as you need. It's so convenient. So HelloFresh, they want you to know that, hey, flavors in full bloom at HelloFresh. Enjoy the taste of spring with chef-crafted recipes featuring ripe seasonal ingredients delivered right to your door. No more scouring the grocery store for that one ingredient to complete your recipe. HelloFresh takes away all the hassle by delivering fresh proportion ingredients so you know exactly what you're getting you can cut down on that food waste. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash MinMax16. Use MinMax16 for 16 free meals. 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash MinMax16. Use code MinMax16 for 16 free meals plus shipping. Check out the URL below, everybody. Also, thank you to our friends at iMateBit. They want everybody to know about the Super Mario Brothers movie soundtrack. Uh, have you heard about this film, the number one film in the world, and um, at this point, the history of the world? Well, iMateBit- I finally saw it. Did you? What'd you think? Um, I, the, the movie itself is, it was a movie, but I was so, I was too busy looking at all the Easter eggs in the background. <laughs> I, was, I was so impressed by all the Easter eggs. In the and Kelsey Lewin, how about that soundtrack? It was an awesome soundtrack too. It yeah. really is. It really Flawless. is fantastic. I can't wait to have this thing on Vital. You can pre-order it right now at iMape. It's a wonderful online store. Check out their online store. They have the cassette version of this. They have the vinyl version of it. You can catch a cassette beast of this thing. Uh, also, you can get the seven inch uh, single that includes Peaches, which apparently is the number one song in the world at this point as well, from Jack Black. Uh, Bowser's song in there, so check out iMateBit's wonderful online store. You can use the promo code MAYFLOWERS. MAYFLOWERS, no space, for 10% off everything under $100. Check it out, you will enjoy it. They just shipped me the, um, they just shipped me the Cuphead marionette for like the collector's edition. I put it on Instagram. It's so damn cool. Also available on their store, but it's awesome. Um, and because they're very generous, they ship out a prize each and every week to the MinMax community. Whoever submits the best question over there on Patreon, iMateBit ships out a prize. This time, they're shipping out a physical version of Inside on PlayStation, one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, so thank you to iMateBit for shipping out the physical version of Inside to whoever has the best question. So we need to remember all these questions and make sure the best person gets it. Make sure justice is done. Uh, Y'all ready to go for questions? Yeah. Okay, Janet. Are you true? I said yeah. Okay. Michael Berry writes in. And they say, <laughs> this feels like a threat. Where are we going here with these questions? Because I was waiting for a yeah, but I could take a break. But anyways, Michael Berry says, hey, I always dug the weird services that were offered on the PlayStation 3. Uh, PlayStation Home, VidZone, and the interactive magazine Core. Do you remember this? Was it Q-O-R-E? I forgot completely about Core. Uh, Michael Berry says, not all of them landed, but I appreciated the novelty. Similarly, Xbox has the one versus 100, um, and I guess Nintendo had Miiverse with the Wii U. I miss services like these. Now all the services seem, seem kind of samey. Do you think the days of experimental services on consoles are over? And what are some of your favorite defunct ones? Yeah, it's kind of sad Bring to back think Street about. Street Pass. Street Pass on Switch? Yeah, I, that's, that's I think that's that the one I miss the most. But um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel like we are never going to have experimental things again. But I do worry that they're going to be like, I mean, like, Playdate's very fun. Yeah. and like, But like, that's not a major, you know, that's not like Microsoft doing that or Sony or something. So That would have been I, wild if they yeah. did, though. <laughs> so I don't know. I really want... Um, 
I want that to come back, and I still think it could. But I, the one I'll never understand is um, getting rid of Street Pass. That was that was so effective at making people like. I brought my 3DS everywhere because of that. Like yeah. I never left home without it, and like. Nintendo, don't you want me to never leave home without my Switch? Like, isn't that good? Don't you want that? Did you see anybody at GDC? I saw a couple of people with their 3DSs because like it was about to be shut down. And so they're trying to street pass <laughs> to see who they could get. It was kind of fun. Um, I yeah. finished all my puzzles years ago, but... Of course, of course, you're an expert. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation Home, I messed around with a little bit. Um, it is, you know, I know everyone's talked about it, but it is weird that, you know, company like Facebook slash Meta, blah. Um, that they're leaning so hard into the metaverse thing. It's like, yeah, sure. I don't know how you want to define it, but in theory, Sony went for that back in the day with PlayStation Home and it was an interesting idea and bowling was kind of cool and then we all moved on. So like, there's so many lessons of like, this just isn't working. Unless your second life 15 years ago, this thing is not working. Um, I feel like I'm just so nostalgic for how weird they were. Yeah. Like, the PlayStation Home, especially, like, once it was just all brands, and you had, like, everything was branded, some, like, acne skincare, Subway, like, everything had a brand. And then even with Miiverse, too, when, you know, it really only blew up when people started posting, like, memes that would just get reposted. (laughs) Right, right. I don't know. I think I'm just nostalgic for, like, something where we can put weird stuff. Because right now, what is it, like, the Splatoon area that you can run around and see pictures? Like, something that is limiting you know like meverse had like a limit kind of like picto chat like you couldn't just like post whatever photo you know you had to be creative and work around their guardrails and like i don't know i wish we had something like that right now i think it's like i think of um even on the ps4 i'm guessing it's still functioning but remember like how they had kind of that streaming homepage on ps4 and be like hey we're bringing in a bunch of you streams from people using their ps4 did y'all mess around with that much it was no bizarre. Did people stream on purpose and they just like randomly picked some? Uh, so people would stream on purpose, but everyone would stream and they had, um, there was some, oh, help me out, Backstage Pass chat. There was some game that had Astrobot in it. And so that was the hack is if you had this like PlayStation Eye camera, you could just stream your living room or whatever room you're in. And then I guess there'd be like an Astrobot technically in the corner. And so... So many of those streams were just people streaming themselves and treating it like a little nightly TV show or something. And so, like, for a while... That's so scary. <laughs> oh, it was deranged. Like, I wanted... It's like when you go it's to like how people were hooking Twitch up in that Uno game, you know? Yeah. Yes. Wait, they were doing what in Uno? Yeah, like, wasn't there, like, a Excuse whole, like, me? subculture? Let me... Chat, don't... don't. Yeah, I know you're ready to expose yourself if you won't, but I remember people talking about, like, Uno online or something and people would, like flirt in there and stuff which one well, the mobile cute. one or the i don't know like i think on pc xbox something okay i'm gonna yeah, lightly the, google okay. this if i find this this will be my get a load of this but Sarah, I can't yeah. this has been happening under my nose <laughs> but yeah the, the deranged thing was like you know i had a friend who was equally obsessed with this and so we would just like hang out and drink beer just have it in the background like flip between these channels because it's just it's cool to have like a super well relatively easy version of streaming just broadcast around the world and so the people that would stream would just be like weird guys like muttering into the microphone with like some a knife. guy in the dark with yes just, like the tv light yep. flickering but on then him. also literally i'm not exaggerating two times at least i saw full nudity on that thing oh yeah like, but that's is, what i mean like the um this is like an old article well i'll, just, I'll say from i get a little of this nudity. but i found some information on the uno game 
Really? That basically, and it's like that old adage of there's if there's any time that people can. It's hard to say without with the show, the parameters of our show. Are Go like for not, it, please. Mm-hmm. If you can like, I mean, if really, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, say what you want. It's fine. Sure. Like if, you know, if you give people a way for them to show you their dick, they're going to show you their dick. Yeah. They're going to draw dicks. Like, yeah, that's, I think that's like one of the five rules of the Internet. Uh, if you can show a dick of what dick will be shown. I think yeah. that's right. If you it, always got to be alert. You got to be vigilant at any time. A dick might appear. You got to right. be on on alert. You know, he took it out. But at the same time, Seinfeld reference for you, Jenna. And you yeah, yeah. But uh, I, also, I'm, I'm ready whenever you are. My boyfriend's watching it for the first time. I'm hitting the rewatch. So all right, can we do max spoilers on Seinfeld? Wait, what? Are- Wait, I want to be a part of this. What? Are <laughs> Seinfeld you, content? I'm also just watching Seinfeld again right now. So yeah, it's are you, yeah, are you like into Seinfeld? Grew up in a Jewish household. Of course I am. Oh, my God. I know. All right. Well, that's something you can say. I can't, you know, I can't project that on you. you okay, how about that? This? And that's, that's fine. How about when we finish the rewatches, we do like Seinfeld, we each rank our top three favorite episodes or something in some sort of like Oh, yeah. I'm down Seinfeld to do time. like a whole sub-series, honestly. Frankly. Okay. I All love right. that show and I love sitcom stuff, so... <sighs> All right. It's I don't still, know if we want to make that a next, like next Patreon goal or just like a for fun thing that we, we cover do. Every like every sitcom. Yeah. I I do. I I have like dozens of pages of notes on Mary Tyler Moore, and I'm always like, what do I do with these? I can't. Am I just supposed to ramble? At I don't know, should I watch Mary Tyler? Like, it's should so I good. just join that? Sh- I try it. Try it and see if you like okay. it. I can't imagine not liking Mary Tyler Moore. Is it Moore. called the Mary Tyler Moore Show? Like, I don't yes. know what the show is. Yes. It's called the Mary Tyler Moore Show, but her name is not Mary Tyler Moore in the show. It's very confusing. Oh, my God. Someone <laughs> in the chat asked me, how, have I kept up with How I Met Your Father? I fell off, but I plan on binging it to catch up because I'm sick. Oh it's not a good show, but Anyways, anyway. on your, on your um, internet philosophy, I was going to say, the nudity I saw, female nudity on that on that PlayStation stream. Wow. Both Time times. equality. Yeah. Also, it's just a lot of drugs everywhere. So, I guess that's... I'm saying what I miss. I would deranged why they don't have this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so bizarre to be like, this is PlayStation pushing this. It's so bizarre. Uh, okay. Uh, anybody else have any services that just, I guess. Wait, so Ben, to clarify, did you miss that experience? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't. I probably. where you go with this. It's I'm probably. I'm not trying to set you up. I'm just trying to clarify. I, there's something fun about chaos. There like, is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And like being surfaced that front and center on a console. Like here is just humanity at maybe it's worst or weirdest. Like, you know, I humanity guess. is also coming to PS5 pretty shortly. I don't know. It might even still be up on PS4, that weird Ustream service. So I shouldn't even say that I miss it, but I miss looking at it and not for gross pervy uh, nudity reasons, just for like the weirdness of and it. Important just, clarity thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, Kiwi the goo writes in and says, Janet, I'm sorry. This is for you, so you can't mock their name. Uh, Janet keeps throwing out a great Metal Gear impression every time the crew talks about the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> games to deafening silence. And I just want to underline it and say, I see you, Janet, and I want you to keep it up. Thanks. Yeah, okay. I feel like it doesn't need a response. I've never, maybe yeah. I should have been offended. I, I never was. It's just you say it and you, everyone knows, right? And this is, this I don't even know what, it. Yeah, yeah what, is what, it? Are, what are they talking Metal about? Gear? Like when someone says Metal Gear, you're going, Metal Gear? And it's, it's like, how can you not? It's fun. It's the it's an implied call and response in my mind. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, are you a big Metal Gear fan? I define big. <laughs> Have you played and enjoyed them? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. I love I two. Like I, I mean, I've talked it. about two a lot Have on we? this show. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I feel like I always mention it comes up like all the time. Like the when it's like what was what looked good 
and then you realize it didn't actually look that good. Metal Gear Solid 2, The Rain, mm. I thought that thing looked like cinema. Going like, first person in the, like, can- the water coming down, it's unbelievable. I think Kelsey maybe even liked it when I tweeted it out, I can't remember, but I was like, this looks as good as a movie, and I don't know why I thought that, because I had seen movies, and they did look way better than that, so I don't know. In my mind, though, that was... That was it. But yeah, that Snake Eater. I'm not caught up on the series. Like, I don't think I ever played one and I didn't play um, five. I'd like Mm. to do a replay and, you know, actually have a full completion thing of it. But yeah, um, yeah. Save it it for the deepest dive. Whenever they re-release those games, uh, we'll jump in. See, that's a lot of commitment. That's that's a time Uh, crunch. I want to just take it as as it comes, you know? Okay. Um, I'm amazed, uh, you know, we talked about Twitch yesterday, but like you're going through Minish Cap on your Twitch channel and you're doing mm. Kingdom Hearts next, you maniac. Yeah. Um, I am going into the weeds. So I do um, a series, like a community picked game um, or like recommended, like the community lobs games that I've never played. And I decide which one I'd be like willing to play. And then I put it on like a channel point redemption goal thing. So and I usually try to pick something that's out of my wheelhouse, something I feel like. I'm open to playing, but I would never play on my own accord. So I've right. done Demon Souls. I did Outer Wilds. I did uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon and Ooh, lived a nice. long RPG. That's brutal. And I finished it. It was like a 30-part series. Some of the videos were 10 hours, but I did it, and it was really fun. Uh, and now it's uh, Kingdom Hearts next. So That's sweet. we'll see. I, hats off to you. Um, Jaren writes in, they say, greetings, everybody. Greetings, MinMax Fellowship. That's us. Um, I can't help but notice how many villains are designed to be hotties these days. Is this just a phase? Also, what comes next? Hmm. I feel like, yeah, hotter villains. I feel like we've definitely finally hit our stride with, like, making male characters hot to, like, the female gaze as well as the male gaze. Like, I feel like we finally hit the sweet spot because growing up, all the I didn't find any of the video game characters attractive, but lately, mm. I don't know. They've been really putting it over time. And on the some villains, of these video game characters in general, just villains. and the villains. The villains. Well, yeah. if we're just focusing on villains. I just think the villains have become a lot more like complex lately. Okay, and it's like my question is, why not make them hot? They're not a real well, person. Like, I think everyone should be hot in video games. Why mm. should I look at a mid person? You know, I go outside. Like, why does it have to be in my games? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I get enough of this in the mirror. Give me some fantasy. <laughs> Give me some hot. Give me like, some Like, I used hot. to watch, you know, anime and stuff, like, when I was younger, and all of the female villains were always extremely hot. Right. right? Mm. Like, and I just feel like we're finally kind of reckoning with the it, every yeah if you're gonna make all of all of the female villains hot why not make all the male villains hot too like yeah and i guess ganondorf is kind of like or ganon is kind of the, the perfect illustration of it because like starting out it's like oh he's just giant pig man because i guess in the 80s like if it's a villain it has to be a big strong weird ugly thing and now mm-hmm. culture has just progressed it's like no now it's just sleeker and sexier and that's the villain and it's nice to know that yeah Attractive people can be pure evil too. They're not all just cool movie stars, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess I guess what would come next would be that idea of like, well, what it, I think everybody's hot. I think that's the next. That's that's where we're going next. Is it stop being like, oh, this person's a hottie bo body, just but it's more like you have, you're, you're going to have to go back for all the ugly villains throughout history, Sarah, and argue mm-hmm. passionately on the internet that actually they were all hot in their own way. That's that's where we're going. I don't, next. I don't know if I I don't know that would go against my beliefs. I understand. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> okay. ENT Clark writes in and says, This is for Kelsey, but I appreciate all of you. Thank you, ENT Clark. 
Uh, Auntie Clark says, I need to tell you something, Kelsey. This feels, feels weird. Um, I found all of my OG NES game packages. These are in mint condition. Uh, by the way, Ian, I'm going to get back to this. The mint thing. Mint condition. Why is it called mint? What's going on there? Do you know, Kelsey? I, is it like the U.S. mint? Like minting? Oh, that makes more oh, sense. Okay. That sounds right. I, I think so, but I'm, yeah, I... I don't know. I'm not positive about that. That sounds great. Um, so Egypt- I also am. Every time someone says mint, I'm like, no way. Like mm. that. That is a word that has become that is that has come it's to exa- mean like stickers on good. <laughs> like yes. like yes. thumbs up good to everyone is is mint now. So um, right. it is related you'll, to the you'll, coins. You'll forgive me if I'm slightly skeptical. Okay. Well, hear this out. So these are in mint condition. I'm talking kung fu, gumshoe. Burger Time, Zelda 2, Castlevania 2 and 3, Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2, and so many other weird ones. Apparently, they were in my parents' attic. Let me reiterate, Kelsey, they look like they were printed yesterday. Uh, what should I do with them? What do you want to do with them? Do you, like, do you want money? Is that... <laughs> Is that the, are you I, asking for money? I don't know. I guess maybe, that, maybe that's what it is. It's like, ENT Clark, are you choosing between like putting them on a wall or selling them like it, it, or like, are, are they or worth like should you grade them or something yeah, like that, mm, that yeah. a, I, I imagine know. that he's because let's you know recontextualize he's like he's asking you I think your expertise I think maybe he's asking like is there an ethical or like a preservation related thing that's what I imagine yeah. the question I, is my yeah, I would, I would the say price? don't I would say don't worry about that um, for retail games. Like we we've got plenty of examples of retail games. We all the you know we we can scan the boxes. We know where the games are and stuff. So like that that part I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, but yeah, I mean if you're talking about like maximizing your profit for it, I mean the the sealed market right now and the the sort of like super crispy you know graded stuff is definitely down like down a lot from oh, where really? it was this time last year. Um, so I don't know that that like the answer might be if you're again, if you're trying to like just completely maximize the answer might be hang on to it um, and see if that market ever picks back up again. Um, I would say that your best bet for selling it right now, though, um, I mean, obviously a game store is is great. I mean, I I'm biased. I I, I think people should bring things to game stores if, if they want to. But also, um, you know, if you for like really condition based stuff like higher end stuff like this um you you might do a little better like trying to find just a local buyer who will pick it up like you know put it up on facebook marketplace or craigslist or something like that if you're in some like retro video game groups on facebook that's like the one thing facebook's still useful for by the way is mm-hmm. uh um like local groups for things. There's a lot of, I guarantee you, no matter where you are in, uh, in the world, there is a retro video game group for your geographic area. So that's a good place to start. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately like these are your games, man. Like if you, if you think they look awesome, like there's, um, there's protectors you can buy for them to like keep them a little bit fresher and keep them on your shelf. Or, um, yeah, if you, if you just could use the cash, which I, I think is totally valid. Um, I've I've sold a bunch of stuff out of my collection when I moved last because I was like, I'm so sick of moving a lot of this stuff. Oh no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think all of that is is valid and um, yeah. Good luck. There we go. Strange sloth writes in and says, "What are your top three pets you would want that you don't currently have?" Mine, for example, says Strange sloth, are a hedgehog, a chameleon, and a hairless cat. 
I've had a hedgehog. Do not recommend. Really? Yeah, they're they're very um, they're adorable, but they're very gross. Like my hedgehog would. First of all, they're nocturnal, um, so be mm. prepared to hear them a lot at night while you're trying to sleep. And second of all, my hedgehog would poop on her wheel and then run through the poop, and so her <laughs> wheel every day would just have. A big poop streak going around <laughs> the entire. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of fun. Uh, yeah, top, they're cute. They're cute. Uh, top three might be a bit much, but does everybody have just a a fabled pet? Like, I don't, I don't have a pet right now, but I do really want a lizard. I want like a bearded dragon. Why really... specifically that seems a lizard? Right. I love that. I like, I yeah, like that, lizards. That seems I mean, right. I had, I had a bunch of anoles growing up, just like the really little lizards. Okay. Um. But I, I've never had like a big lizard. And iguanas are cool, but my neighbor had one and his, he'd always whip me with his tail. And so I have a bad memory of an iguana. But I think like a bearded <laughs> dragon looks cool. Seems easy enough to take care of. I don't know. Yeah, if we're hamster. not talking about like just a hamster, Janet? Yeah, a ham- a guinea pigs are cool too, but they smell, I mean, a lot of animals smell, but guinea pigs really mm-hmm. smell. And you yeah. kind of need two of them because I've looked it up a little bit and they get really lonely if they're alone. Like they're very like, buddy animals like you really need to have two of them no shade if you See, I have tried one, I tried that and my sister's <laughs> guinea pig attacked my guinea pig that's the other thing too like it's a whole you gotta have the whole dynamics oh yeah, yeah. Like, just buy the hamster nothing's stopping you well I do have like other people in my life um I don't want to name names <laughs> but Isaiah does not want me to have a hamster um I think I might still get one. I'm like you know especially when we get our next place where I have my own office space like why can't there be a hamster in my office um I am a little worried my cat could attack it I mean I'd keep it in a little cage thing the aquarium thing but um i saw one at like pet smart or something and i just watching it run on the wheel i was laughing my head off like i was like i love this thing i think being able to look at this like look at they run so fast they run like they're losing their minds and yeah. I, there's something really funny about that to me um and i already got a name picked out i want to name him jelly beans so i think That's like good. i feel ready to take this on you know i think i could do it is there Next is there a middle ground goal. Ooh, yeah. Next Patreon goal. Jelly bean for Janet. Jelly bean for Janet. Oh my God. Do you think you could just like. I can't say no to that, right? I mean, it's a Patreon goal. I don't think so. (laughs) Depends on how much do I get from that, maybe. Maybe we could buy them off. Yeah, we'll just pay for the hamster. He's only human. (laughs) What if you just like had a a second monitor set up and it just had a hamster on wheel footage running every day? Do you think that's a good middle ground and it's just as easily lovable? It's not the same. You know what I mean? Like. You don't get the 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 warm because I have um, a a monitor. This monitor that I'm looking at now actually it has y'all on it now. But when y'all aren't here, it's just Bulbasaur in a forest, and it's awesome. See, so I get a little That's bit like of a that. Pet. But yeah, like I'm sorry we're blocking that. <laughs> yeah, you can minimize <laughs> us if you want to. Honestly, <laughs> like this is better. Like I think I would put you guys over a, a, f- a fake digital Bulbasaur. Thank you. <laughs> Surprisingly, Thank you. Um, but yeah, hamster would be cool. Yeah. Uh, anybody else got one in mind? I've always wanted like a chinchilla just because they look soft. Yeah. But I know they need like huge cages and they take really cute dust baths, but like Ooh, dust baths. I can't sound cool. I couldn't handle if I got an animal and it didn't like me. And I feel like with hamsters mm. and guinea pigs, I can't I can't risk that. I need to be liked. Yeah. Yeah. And what if you're I mean, do people get dogs and the dogs don't like them? Is that a common thing, or is every dog just under? I think it's loved? less common. Yeah, yeah, I dogs. think so too. Okay. Dogs are a little still scary to me though, just because I'm so small. Hmm. Like a regular hmm. sized dog is giant to me. I think it's the thing people forget. I'm only five feet tall. I know a lot of people on this call can relate. I'm not going to name who can't relate. 
it's being small. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I think I do want a dog eventually. I think it'd be fun to have a, no offense to Bruce, but you know, she's not listening to the show. She doesn't ever keep up with my content. Barely uh, knows whatever. English. She's in the living room anyway, all day, just sitting yeah. there. Anyway, but um, it'd be nice to have a pet that you could you know, go out and like move around with. But I don't know if I could keep up with the need of a dog at this point. And okay. I don't think we'd want to have a cat and a dog at the same time. So all right, that's fair. I just want um like a bigger bird, but uh th- the problem is like one of the reasons I got Mito is because he lives to be like twenty or twenty five years old, um and you know and he's like pretty smart and and friendly and everything, but like some of the bigger parrots and stuff like an African gray parrot they can like learn they can like learn whole ass vocabularies and like they're it's like having a real almost person in your house mm-hmm. and that sounds fun uh but, but like a person i can like pick up with my hands and, and yeah. stuff so <laughs> maybe they, they just they live like 80 years and they require so much care that i just i mean i am already almost 30 how do you how do you take on an 80 year commitment That's so brutal if, like you can't there is can you get like a bird guardian well, you have you'd have to like put it on someone else. Like you'd yeah. have to mm-hmm. be like, this will also be your responsibility down the line, and that just feels unfair to me. I don't know. Yeah, I and mean, people do that with kids all the time. Like I think yeah. this is like less <laughs> of a big lift than a child. It, well, you know, it, it like, does. It'd be. I think the easiest route would be like adopt a kid, but make him wear a bird costume all the time. Because <laughs> that's just okay. like eighteen years, and then you can set the child free. But free. they but they still have to have the bird costume. You just You're open the door really of the house I'm and still they fly see my dad out. all the time. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he enjoys that aspect of his life. I've never asked him. See? Afraid to know the answer. Uh, by the way, if you want to learn more about our pets, uh, good news. Uh, thanks to your support, we hit our Patreon goal. And so uh, we're making a pet documentary. It's currently halfway done. A lot of people edited their own segments, Sarah Pazorski, which... Jacob edited his too. Well, yeah, because he edits video all the time. But I was I was blown away, and I was talking about how good your segment was. Which, by the way, I think Monday we're going to be uh, airing this on our YouTube channel for everybody. I was talking about how good your your segment was, Sarah. And then everybody on Twitch is like, Sarah was really stressed about that. Uh, she had canceled a stream to edit it. And I felt so bad. I'm like, I told you <laughs> I, I would cancel, edit it. I didn't cancel she the stream to edit it. I canceled the stream because I wanted to go get more footage. Oh, okay. Because it was finally sunny out. Okay. Because you know how it had been so rainy? I didn't want to have, like, Pogger's outdoor shots if it was going to be rainy. Smart. Okay. We need, like, a making of the documentary, and it's, like, Sarah's (laughs) mental and emotional I literally was like, oh, you know what? I'd like to do a freeze frame here. And then I pause, and I go, I don't know how to do that. And I'd be like, how to do a freeze frame? So I learned a lot. All right. I'm very impressed. Um, Andrew Martin wrote in. They said, hello, everybody. Have you ever bought a game based on the box art and ended up hating the game? For me, it was buying the Battle of Olympus as a kid with my birthday money, only to find out it was A, a Zelda 2 ripoff, and two, incredibly difficult and obtuse, just like Zelda 2. Uh, yeah, there's a. Yeah, there's, I fell for this a lot. Yeah, what got you? Yeah. As a kid, like, as a, as like a girl growing up trying to find video games that I would like, and I didn't really have any, like, I didn't have any older brothers. It was just me, my mom, and like nobody else who plays video games. So I was on my own for a lot of it. Um,. And growing up on, like, CD-ROM games, they'd be like, girl, go games, you know? And there's, like, a girl on the cover of it, and they're, like, pink, and they're like, yeah, video games. So I was like, okay, if there's a girl on the cover, it is a game for me. And then I would go into the game store, and this is how I ended up playing Valkyrie Profile 2 when I was little. And then I also ended up playing Lost Kingdoms 2. I don't know that I didn't get very far, because they're not for children. 
despite what the cover misled me to believe, I was like, oh, it's a girl game. There's a girl on the cover. Oh, funny. Uh, Lost yeah. Kingdoms 2. Oh, yeah, this looks impenetrable. But look at you. There were two separate times you picked up the number two in a series. I didn't, just- I didn't care. I was like, there's a pretty girl on the cover. That's a get. <laughs> Fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now you're a lifelong From Software fan because of that. So. Absolutely. That's where it started. That works. Um, yeah, there's a game that I was always so into the cover. I remember going to like a Best Buy, which is like an hour away, which is where I could buy games as a kid. And so when I got my PlayStation, that was like the closest thing we had. And so every time I would go there, I'd just be obsessed with the cover of Rascal on PlayStation 1. It is the most 90s ass cover. Whenever I think of like- Dennis the Menace looking Yes, it is an abysmal game. Um, but something about the cover is like, there's no way this game can be bad. But this is, Traveler's Tales made it, like the studio that wanted to make Lego games and stuff like that. It is, I played it when I got to Game Informer. It is, I think it's the worst game I've ever attempted to play. And the part that kills me is just now I was looking it up because it has a weird history where like Psygnosis published it, but then the Jim Henson studio like designed the characters and the monsters in it. Um, but apparently I just found out today, the director was John Burton who was heading up TT Games for a long time, and now they just announced his new game, which is that Funko Pop game. He's heading up that new studio. Um, But it kills me, because I spent, like, altogether, like, a week of my life in England with this John Burton guy on Game Informer cover story trips, and I never knew he was the director of Rascal. I wish I could have asked him a thousand questions about that giant turd of a game. Hey, why'd your game suck? Hey, seriously, yeah, would you open though, that? I, I just, I would love the to... Of the com- middle of the interview Do you think that's why they invested so much in the cover? They were like, all right, this game sucks. But right. you know what's gonna make it? The cover. I mean, back in the day, not a bad strategy. People uh, are still doing it now. I like go load a shop, load a high on the eShop all the time, and I'll see like the cover of a game, and then I look at the footage, and it looks nothing like what I thought it would look mm-hmm. like. Yeah, the cover. yeah. Uh, Dusty Beeman writes in and says, "Ben, did you ever figure out why your clothes were smelling?" This is based on a community question. When did we, yeah, you kind of need When did we discover that? This was a community question on January fifteenth, twenty twenty. Apparently, uh, Dusty Beeman. I don't know if you're going through the archives. I don't know what that is referring to, but I am proud of not being a smelly person, so I don't even know what this is talking about. So I will say yes. Did you just bring that question up to defend yourself? Yeah, I did. To just reiterate <laughs> that you're a yeah. good like smelling Some people person? have been asking mm-hmm. me, why do I smell? And yeah. the truth is I don't. Sarah, I mean, <laughs> we sat next to each other for dozens of hours in that studio. Have you ever smelled my clothes? Have they ever smelled bad? Yeah, but like you also bought 20 bars of soap before... Deciding that you liked the scent on them. Right, which is no scent. You just need soap with no scent, which is really tough to find. We've been through it all before. Um, Slycut writes in, they say, Hey, everybody, time to play rapid fire this or that. Super simple. Choose your preference from the choices below. And everyone can just volley it out. We can fly through these. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Bacon. Sausage. Sausage. Ooh, shower or bath? Shower. Shower. Shower, but those are different things. Like, I, I take a bath to relax. I agree. Bath and a I shower agree. to get clean. Yep. I'm not above a bath. Socks or no socks? Oh, socks. Socks. Socks? Yeah. Socks. My feet are always cold. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Performance or fidelity? Performance. Um, performance. Performance? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Performance. Go to sleep and wake up early. Ah. Uh, Wait. Don't go to this. sleep and wake up early or late. I'm confused about the wording about. I think they mean like go to sleep early and wake up early, or go to sleep late and wake up late. 
That'd be, go to sleep late, wake bad. up late. Yeah. I, I feel better when I do early, but like my my track yeah. record is definitely. Some people you know, go, go to sleep late, wake up early, and just ride it needs out. Society creatures mm-hmm. of the night. And mm-hmm. I will take up that mantle. You do it. Pool or hot tub? Pool. pool. Hot, tub. Ooh. hot tubs feel. I think hot tub. gross to me. Hot tubs feel they gross. They probably are really disgusting. If I'm being honest. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. whenever like I think of a hot tub, I think about the people who are eventually going to get in with me, and then I just mm-hmm. go back to pool. It's it's well, a mean, little I too feel intimate. Pool is the same issue. Like you think of the kids drinking the water in there's there. There's more space like, though. Like there's mm-hmm. more. But I have that, more personal space. Doesn't heat like burn the germs? Right? No. There's something there. The pool is like the domain of small children who might be yes. peeing in the pool too. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, adults are peeing in the hot tub. No, I hope not. They, what? they should be. I mean, pro- probably some. But but orbit. I think. I think if you take a cup of water from the hot tub, you take a cup of water from the from the. Pool, I guarantee I you, the, the hot tub has more bacteria in it than the pool. It is warm. Bacteria loves heat. They love humidity. They love moisture. Mm. Okay, in that hot tub, those vents that shoot out the water. I mean, it's definitely gross. Disgusting. Like, you just know it hasn't disgusting. been disgusting. Cleaned. Mm. I'm still getting in though. I don't care. It's just I'll a bunch of dead skin cells being jetted around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the jets feel good. All it's, with like, chlorine. it's fine. Yeah, it's you can drink it. It's fine. It's that clean. Um, all right. Thank you for writing in. I just like it. Uh, Brian Liness writes in and says, hey, Ben and crew, I recently completed Tesla Grad 2, which seems to have com- uh, flown completely under the radar. You didn't even mention it yourselves when going over the games that were at the recent Nintendo Indie World Showcase. It's a pity. I thought we did. I don't know. During the... Because it also came with the first it. game or something. Right, right. I mean, we talked about it in Slack. But anyways, so uh, Brian says it's a pity because it's an extremely good game for its short running time of four hours. It has shades of insides, environmental storytelling, some great physics-based puzzles, plus the abilities you get to move around the world, make traversal a joy. Give the game a chance, damn it! I think we have a code in Slack if anybody wants it, but thank you for writing in, Brian. Appreciate it. Um, Peter Gallagher. Oh, by the way, that whisper, that was for not people listening or watching, but for everybody on this call if anybody wants it. Uh, Peter Gallagher writes in and says, I am writing in with a completed Better Quest goal. Last April, when I returned to working in the office three times a week, I made a vow to complete my very first Pokedex in Legends Arceus. After one year of train rides three times a year, I have accomplished my goal. Congratulations, Peter. Congratulations. Uh, Captain Cobblepot says, Greetings, MinMaxers. What's your productivity workflow like? I've been trying to optimize my working workflow a bit, and I'm curious if anyone has a set standard for not only getting things done, but improving the process. This can be about work, home life, workouts, collecting, gaming, anything. Tips are welcome. Janet, this feels like a question made for you. Um, but yeah, obviously but anybody's it's like welcome. That, it's like that moment of, to give full context, like this isn't who I am all the time. You know, it's like, it's going to sound like I got it really together. I promise you I'm ignoring most of these things. Okay. And then just vibing out each day until it comes crashing down but when i'm at my best the main thing i do when i'm like really locked in on something and want to get it done is i use the pomodoro method where it's i think it's like uh four so it's four a pomodoro is 25 minutes so you do one pomodoro and take a five minute break another one another five minute break after you've done four pomodoros you take a half hour break like a longer break huh maybe it's a 15 minute break i think so if I'm like writing, um, you know, like a review or something, that's the m- most often that I go for this method. Um, there's another website that I forget the name of offhand that I was using for a bit. And the function of the site was to log tasks and you could kind of keep analytics on how long they take you. Because one thing that I really struggle with is realizing how long stuff takes me in time and how much it can deplete my energy as well. Like 
I have a hard time figuring that out. So another thing I've been doing is I have like my hard set stuff in the calendar, like the min max show or like going to the gym. And I added like thumbsing up the questions because like I would forget to do that. So I put that <laughs> in my calendar. Thank you. Um, and I have piano practice in there and I'll move the piano practice up and down based on what how the day changes. And then I'll slot in stuff that I want to get done and kind of try to guess like the time for it and then move it down. And that kind of helps oh me understand how much time I have mentally keep track of how much energy I have and avoid just writing out a big list of I want to do eight things only doing two and then feeling guilty when I only did two when in reality right. either it took me a long time to do the two or I just kind of got tired or you know yet the logistics of washing dishes or cooking or showering like I put everything in that calendar as I go throughout the day like on Monday I had like shower get dressed like I extended my my blood stuff that I did like I had blood work done I wrote accidental nap in there because like I laid down and I was out for like two hours okay, you know I, mean, it. I did my Patreon post at night that was kind of it the rest is just gaps because I was tired and it was late so sure that's how I work through getting things done I've experimented using Trello as well for like my own stuff like privately but it's fine it gets a little too worky at that point but that's kind of how I go about stuff yeah, I have a dumber, simpler method. Uh, but I was just thinking the other day about like, man, I don't, I don't think I'd be able to. I don't know what state MinMax would be in right now if I didn't have this. But I just have a Google Doc and it's called MinMax To Do. And then every time I think of something, like, oh, I gotta do that. Oh, I gotta do that. I'll just write yeah. it down in this big list. And then it's if I'm like, all right, I got some free time in this morning. What am I doing today? Then I'll just look at the MinMax To Do list and be like, okay, cross that off, cross it off, cross it off. And even if it's something that super sucks, like, oh, I don't want to make that. PowerPoint presentation about trivia tower promotion, like, eh, but I put it on the list. Now I'll just do it, and then I can cross it off. And it's it's dumb and simple, but I really think it's effective. I kind of do with the reminders app things, on iPhones. Yeah, that? how many how many things have uh, stayed on that list forever because it's <laughs> yeah. like the one you don't want to do? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, there's one. Well, I eventually made like a a divider for the stuff that's like, okay, this is something that's. I can come back to this at some point, but you quarantined it. Yeah, let's see. Um, mods will hate to hear this, but I've Discord booster subscription solution on the list of things. Like I'm still confused about how that works and exactly what I need to do, but I should probably do it at some point. But there are definitely those things at the bottom that's like, okay, this is the one that I'm a little bit confused by or is not going to be fun. But thankfully, a lot of this job is fun, so it takes care of itself. Um, all right, uh, what do y'all like for question of the week? Um, I like the pets one. I like pets. the this or that one. Okay. Pets, this or that. I like the weird services one. Um, where are you leaning, Janet, Sarah? I like the weird services one. Janet? Mm. I'll take pets. You'll take pets. We could just spin a dial at this point. I don't know if we that's We should just egregious. spin a wheel every time. Okay, uh, backstage pass. Pets, like our favorites, or or weird services. You got to vote right now for who gets the prize from I Am Eight Who is going to walk home with inside on PlayStation? Uh, let's see. People are saying I'm not a wheel. Weird services. Got to vote. Okay, that's one vote. Okay, weird services wow, takes weird it. Services. Congratulations. So it's a really close one. <laughs> 
Yeah, smelly clothes was pretty dynamic. It was a big, was a big conversation starter. I still can't start. believe he just like slipped that in. Just say, just, by the way, guys, a very not smelly person. He's like, some people are thinking that my clothes still smell after all these podcasts, and that is not true. Yeah. Maybe you after wrapped them new and they had a weird. You like, might be wondering if my clothes still smell. I am here yeah. to say they don't. Well, I thought the way I read all those boos I was getting online was people saying, "Boo, your clothes smell." Boo, boo. <laughs> we know your clothes still smell. <laughs> all right, congratulations. Next week, someone write in and be like. um, Ben, I, I, I hear that you are not cool, actually. Can you- <laughs> <laughs> it's on the show. Yeah, I comment, gotta you figure that out. Furthermore, as a rebuttal, uh, so Michael Berry, congratulations. You just won the prize for my mate bit. Now, of course, it's time for something that we call Get a Load of This. Been a long time since I'm rock and roll. Uh, who wants to go first? Who's got a guaranteed winner? Get a load of this. Um, a little bit of like a, I don't know, consumery one, but it's something I've been using a lot and I've been loving it. Um, it's the Valari gaming pillow. I found out about this at PAX. I forgot if I told the story. Gaming pillow? Did I already? No, yeah, sorry, the so. gaming pillow? Yes. So, and I know, okay, so to preface this, this is a washed conversation. You may think I'm washed. I kind of think I'm getting a little washed, but okay. you know what? I'm ready to embrace it. Okay. I got the comfy on. Like, I got the gaming pillow. I got my cat. Like, I'm settled in, you know? Can you describe but, the gaming pillow? I, I was hoping that someone would ask. Thank you, Sarah. This <laughs> gaming pillow. Okay. So it's like a circle. It looks like a, because I Googled it, and it looks like a pillow you use when you're breastfeeding children. <laughs> okay. So I have, I have comments on that. I'll try to keep it short, but get also details because it is a funny story. So... The TLDR is I, you know, PAX appointments, they're emailing you. One of the emails we got was this gaming pillow. And I'm like, come, you know, and I get weird, weird emails for like weird products, right? For uh-huh. like a showcase like that. And I'm like, the gaming pillow? And I'm like, Isaiah, do you want me to book an appointment with this gaming pillow? And then I was looking at it. I'm like, there's no way that this is like going to do anything. It's a, like a almost complete circle, kind of like a tube. And you like wrap it around yourself. Like you're at the front part of you. Right. Um, and I was like, this is going to be silly. And he's like, yeah, let's check it out. And I was like, t- the day of, I was like, it's our pillow appointment time. I don't know. I talked to the guy. Well, when I use it, he's like, here it is. Check it out. And it is so comfortable. It supports like your elbows and your wrists. Okay. If you're someone that has ever felt like either uncomfortable holding a controller or specifically like a handheld, like you, t- you complain maybe about the way of the steam deck or trying to like get cozy or your wrists hurt or, or you already use like a pillow. Cause for me, I use like a squishmallow a lot of times when I game, I'll put it on sure. my lap and I'll rest my hands on it. So I'm like, surely this won't be better than just the solution I've already used, but it's so comfortable. And I was like, wow, like to be, to be completely frank, I kind of just showed up here. Like, why not? And I expected <laughs> just like, no, who you cares, just wanted a right? free it's gaming like, pillow. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way it's going to be better than just me using something just in my house, especially for like, I don't know, the price point's like 40 plus dollars, uh-huh. depending on the model. I'm like, there's no way, but it's great. They should um, pay you right now. Yeah. And How much money I, is it? A I lot wanna... of people should be paying me for a lot of things. Like if you're listening, hit me up. But it's so comfortable. My boyfriend also has one. It's like my go to like full sloth mode gaming setup now. And what's funny about the Sarah mentioning it looks like a breastfeeding pillow is this started because the guy was like, oh, you know, I would try to get comfortable gaming. I'd put pillows under my elbows, like, you know, regular sofa ones. And then I would have to take them all off. And it was just really messy. He's like, and I actually got really comfortable, like after my wife, like had already like had our kid. Oh, at least I hope it was after <laughs> like using her maternity pillow because it had like similar oh, material, similar setup. And he's like, but I still needed like one for like either the front or the sides or something. He's like, so I thought like, can I make something that does kind of what I'm looking for in terms of like the shape and the ergonomics. And it was this and it works really well. All it's right. a dumb looking thing. It's silly. I love it. If you're looking to get comfortable, I'm like 
so comfortable now when I game. When you're for in fun, a gaming chair amazing. with that gaming pillow, drinking out of your gaming. I do actually have a gaming chair. That's a separate. That's a okay. folded gaming chair. I have that. I have the pillow. I'm in a comfy. That's I'm how like, we know you're a gamer, Janet. Obviously, I look like I have been, like I've finished life. You right, know, like right, the right. but I'm also telling over- you, you could just buy a breastfeeding pillow. Like you don't, <laughs> they don't have to like masculine breastfeeding pillows to make men feel more comfortable having a pillow right. around their hey, lap. gaming's for everybody, okay, yeah. That's right. Breastfeeding's for <laughs> well, everybody, when Sarah. Up, when and if I ever end up breastfeeding and I'm still doing this show, I will be like, I'm using this gaming pillow and it does work as a breastfeeding pillow. Stay tuned. <laughs> It'll be 80 episodes later. That's right. Tune in, everybody. The guy who's, who knew Ben's clothes smelled from 30 episodes ago <laughs> will get to that episode in 52 years. So stay tuned. <laughs> Uh, hey, get a load of this. Uh, Tim Turry, friend of the show uh, over at PlayStation, used to be a game informer and all that fun stuff. Um, he just tweeted out that he's been playing Armored Core, the 1997 original game from From Software. Uh, and he said, and the name of this mission stopped me in my tracks. And apparently there's a mission in the first Armored Core that's called Dark Soul, um, which is weird because From Software made it. And then John Ricciardi, Sarah Pazorski's former boss, that's the best way to put it. Coworker. I'll say boss. Um, <laughs> former demon lord, John Ricciardi. Uh, but uh, he tweeted, and he's like, oh, I'm curious what mission it is. I want to see what it's called in Japanese to see if it's the same. And it turns out, yeah, it's like this, it's spelled the same way in Japanese as they eventually called Dark Souls. Well, they probably Japan. thought it was cool, and then they still thought it was cool. That's it. Turns out the words Dark Soul, always cool. So there's a link below for all this fun stuff. Uh, Kelsey, did you find yours? I did. Get a load of this. Uh, the developers of Toem, uh, that really cute little photography game from, I think, oh, last yeah. year? Um, I think it was two just, years ago. Two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. Um, they just donated Toem to the National Library of Sweden. Um, so, like, just the rights to the game and everything. What? So it will be um, available to researchers in Sweden. It'll be, you know, they'll, they will preserve it there and, uh, you know, become a part of Swedish culture. And that's something that I, I think that, you know... I get why people don't want to do it immediately, obviously, but, you know, once your game is probably uh, past the profitability, like, you know, you're raking in the dough from it, like, that's a really good way to kind of keep it uh, around is to to bring it to an institution like that and have them. And and I think other countries, by the way, uh, put a lot more money behind this kind of stuff than the U.S. does, unfortunately, but... um, That's cool. But you could still totally do that. That's a weird idea. Um, could we donate MinMax to the United States government? Is that the way that would work? Put it in the um, Library of Congress? Yeah. You, I don't know that they'd, like, I don't know what their, like, collections like, no, policies are. But you could. Like, you okay. could at least offer it to them. <laughs> Hello, government. Uh, <laughs> Does it hurt to offer Then Ben will be 80 and someone will be DMing him that he was too negative about something. And he'll right, be like, right. What I mean, honestly, I, I don't understand we, why you're so. Take it at the foundation. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Take Th- it this is real. This is uh, this is gaming journalism. You know, this is this is what it's like in the in the 2020s. That's right. Don't forget, everybody. Um, do you have one, Sarah? Yeah, get a load of this. I've got some Tears of the Kingdom spoilers for you. Oh no. No no no, 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 Silly, dumb babies. <laughs> Anyways, like Sarah's coming out swinging today. On this She's like, "Do you have know a nice Min Max show today?" I, I'm kind of, I'm a little tired. I don't know about anybody else, but like, let's just end this all right. Just torch it. Mm-hmm. But there is, they announced the Tears of the Kingdom Lawson collaboration for the Kombinis in Japan, and they released a series of Kombini snacks themed after the Tears of the Kingdom games. So we have a Goron spiced dry curry onigiri which is based off the Grand Spice in the game. Mm. There is a banana ole 
for the what's the mighty banana in game. We've got the hardy truffle. Well, this one's kind of weird. Hardy truffle focaccia. Hmm. Kind of weird. Uh, and then you just had the animal meat curry bread. So you can get these if you're in Japan. Um, they do all have like actual. I thought it was funny. They have little like asterisks on them, like not actually made with like hearty truffle, like not actually made with mighty banana. Like, please Thank don't you. come after us um, just for funsies. That's fun. But I thought it was kind of cute. I love to see like the Japanese loss in collaborations with video games. Yeah, that's cool. Links below for all this fun stuff, uh, including the one from the community where, oh, forgive me. I forget who posted this in there, but I was posted on the community discord channel. Uh, forget a load of this. Um, the saga of did you know gaming and how their YouTube channel was hacked. Uh, recently and it was hacked yeah, and somebody took mm-hmm. it over and just started a live stream propping up a cryptocurrency. Um, it's happening a lot. Yeah. Where they're like hacking big accounts and then making them crypto accounts. But it blows my mind because they deleted like every video on the channel and mm-hmm. uh, it was a pretty big channel. Uh, Friends of the show, we just did the trivia tower with them. Um, and so they deleted everything but apparently all that was restored which blows my mind. I'm like, wait, YouTube's able to like restore all that stuff? That's pretty wild. Uh, but they just put out a video uh, recently talking about like, hey, uh, because we were hacked, we lost like 20,000 subscribers because everybody saw that crypto nonsense and unsubscribed. So if that happened to you, please jump in and support Digino you know Gaming again because we're still around. Uh, and that was DJ Tommy that posted that on the Discord. Thank you, DJ Tommy. Uh, so weird saga, but yeah, it's, it's scary stuff. Um, I have to wonder if there's any benefit. Like, is the crypto right. seeing a sudden uptick in purchasing because you've taken right. a large YouTube channel? Like, I doubt it. Yep, you're just making everybody hate it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that's it for this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening. Uh, we announced on Monday that throughout the month of May, we have a community event going on. We're encouraging the entire MinMax community to make a short documentary. No video production experience required. So we're calling this whole push Doc Lightning, where everyone's going to make a documentary that's under three minutes long, and you can shoot it with your phone. Literally just interview an interesting friend, interesting family member, and then you can cut it together with free software. We posted a bunch of links in the Patreon post, and there's a Discord channel all about people encouraging each other and rallying each other to create a cool short documentary under three minutes. I mean, it could be you documenting your walk to... um, the mailbox and back. That'll count. Uh, so jump in there. We're going to have a big uh, screening for all this stuff. It's going to be a fun time. So I'm also going to be making one. Uh, so jump in that Discord channel. Uh, it, it'll be a fun time. If you've ever been on the edge, if you've ever been like, well, maybe it'd be kind of fun to make a documentary at some point in my life. This is your chance to do it. Jump in there with your phone. It can be sloppy. We don't care. We just want uh, a lot of folks in there. So jump in there, please. Um, also on Sunday, just a heads up that we're going to have a bonus stream from the MinMax studio. Uh, Sarah, you're welcome to join if you want. I don't mean to leave you out. Uh, but I think uh, my old best friend Ronnie is going to come over to the Midnight Studio. And the plan is we're going to stream all of Resident Evil 3 Remake, which he's never played. And it's kind of a shortish game. It's like, what, six hours or so. So we're going to try and blast through mm-hmm. that in one go. So you can jump in there. should be a fun time. That'll be on Midmax's Twitch channel. So twitch.tv slash Show. Um, also look forward to our pet documentary coming up on Monday. Maybe some other bonus videos as well. Um, anybody have something going on they're dying to talk about? Um, sure. I guess I can plug something as yeah. I scroll to find it. So I was on um, the podcast, The Great Game Debate recently, just like a The Great Game Debate podcast and it should pop up. And um, 
basically their structure is they have like a couple things going on with like an interview section and like game pitch section and other stuff. But the heart of it is some type of game debate. So our topic was best animal companion. And we did I did Pokemon Yellow's Pikachu versus hmm. Monster Hunter Rise's Palamute. So it's silly. It's cute. You know, just like a okay, two minutes opening, like two minute rebuttal. And, you know, the arguments get goofy and interesting. And then they vote on, you know, who ends up winning and all that stuff. So uh, check that out. If you're interested in seeing, you know, me and other content, checking out a, a maybe a potentially new podcast for you. Uh, I record that on Sunday and it's up now. Sweet. Love it. Uh, Kelsey, were you itching towards the microphone? No, not intentionally, okay. but uh, should, I do have another podcast called Video Game History Hour. If you like video game history content. Yeah, the last episode with the completionist was super good. Uh, just chronicling the entire saga of the eShop closure and trying to preserve that stuff. That was that was fun to hear his full, full perspective there. And to hear it was nice to hear you being so excited, like when he pitched that idea and you being like, oh, we can we can use this as the perfect example of why it's important to preserve this stuff and how the logical way of doing it is not reasonable by any stretch. So good episode, Kelsey. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much, everybody. Reminder, you can jump in, support us on Patreon at even the $2 tier, and uh, we will ship you an Xbox game code. Guaranteed. Uh, I guess guaranteed if you're in the first 210 people to do it? that. Are you putting it on a little piece of paper and putting we're, it in a box We're shipping them? the codes. We're shipping the ones and zeros that represent the, the Patreon message that'll be sent to them with that code on it. Uh, so jump in on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Jump in there and we'll ship you out a code uh, if you're within the first 210 people to do it, I suppose, specifically. But thanks again for the support. And thanks to everybody who supported MinMax at the Game Champion tier, the $50 tier, like Takashikatano 3, who is the champion of Suikoden 2. A lot of people love it, but only Takashikatano claimed it. Uh, Aaron Terrell is the champion of Radiata Stories. Awesome choice. Good choices, people. Michael Berry, who just won Question of the Week, uh, they're choosing Tokyo Jungle. They're officially the game champion of Tokyo Jungle. Hell yeah, the game that Sarah absolutely needs to play at some point in her life. It's so good. <laughs> it's on the docket. All right, that's it for this episode, everybody. Thanks so much. Be good, have fun, let's go. Let's go.